By the way, before right. we start, what are we talking about? Hockey. Yeah, yeah, Boston Bruins hockey. Wait, we talk hockey in this show? Point. Drops the puck to Kucherov. To the stamp goes great. Saved by Rask. I'm going to give him a D. D. A D. Uh, I wouldn't give him a D. I'm going off what Nesson said because Jack's always right. Yo, <laughs> G- Jimmy. Oh, but by the way, uh, Dave, you're recording, right? Great able to bring it back in. He's got DeBrusk with him. Gave it on to DeBrusk. Spin one in front. They score! The Bruins win it in overtime. Charlie McAvoy. You want it? You want it? I think Sweeney's been mediocre at best. We still have the same problems now as we did four years ago. <laughs> Can we stop calling the first line the perfection line? McAvoy sizzles the pass to Bergeron, to Marshawn, closing, goes around the net, tries to wrap, Bergeron scores! No, it was a great pass. That was a great pass on McAvoy. All right, did Tyler figure out what the show's about yet? Welcome back to the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. Joining me tonight, Jimmy Shea and Justin Ventola. What's going on, gentlemen? How are we doing? What's up, Dave? Hey, good, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Tyler couldn't make it. He's uh, started a class, so we're, we're going to miss him for the evening. Tyler's always looking for that higher education. Most people are usually just looking to get higher. <laughs> All right, when we left last week, we were all pretty disappointed with the Bruins. Uh, I said I hoped for at least one five-on-five goal in every game. I got my wish. It was a good start. Ended up the Bruins going 3-0 and this week, winning uh, one game last night's game in overtime against Pittsburgh. The Bruins now sit at 4-1-1, and and they were looking pretty good this week, I thought. Uh, I like what I saw out of some of the young kids. The defense is good, but the... The um, special teams has been just phenomenal uh, in the last three games. I wrote those stats here. The power play for the Bruins has gone 50%, 5 for 10. I think that's awesome. And then on the penalty kill, 11 for 13. I got that at 85%, but I'm not a mathematician, so I'm probably wrong. (laughs) Um, Definitely have been uh, impressed with some of the 5-on-5 Play starting to pick up, look a little bit better. Jimmy, what do you got for takeaways from last week? For this last week, um, all in all, this is the Bruins at their high point. Like they're a very good offensive team. Their defense is okay-ish, and their goaltending is uh, it's good. Um, but they're a very front-running team. They don't really when front-running offensive team is what I should probably say. When they start scoring goals, they score goals in bunches and they blow teams out of the water. But they don't really have that explosive edge when it's a 3-2 game. They don't really take a 3-2 game in the third period with like 10 minutes to go and they don't put three goals up there in the, in the final 10 minutes. They're a team that if they you know score two goals in the first and a goal in the second and the other team starts to pack it in, it's over. Because the other team starts to spread it out, tries to go for more offense, and then they, they explode for five, six, seven, eight goals. Um, and that's what they've been for years. So uh, they didn't really show me much these first uh, these uh, three games this week. Uh, excuse me. Uh, 
the secondary scoring finally showed up, but again, that's been the thing the last couple of years. It's inconsistent secondary scoring. So until they showed me, it's, just, it's uh, six games is a small sample size, all in all. Um, but we saw the worst of them, and we've seen the best of them. So um, I think they're somewhere in the middle. Again, I, I said I think they begin the season they're probably the third or fourth best team in our division. I'm sticking with that, even though they've looked good this week because they looked so bad last week. Justin, what were your takeaways from the last three games? Yeah, honestly, honestly, very uh, similar to what Jimmy just reiterated, Dave. Is that um, listen? I'm happy they kind of broke through their scoring. Uh, definitely five and five. Although, you know, I, I double-checked it today, and I believe out of the 16 goals they have scored, it has – let's see, we have six are only 5-on-5. Five five. Um, so, I mean, listen, special teams have been great, which, you know, honestly, we kind of already knew that, right? I mean, they've always been, you know, a pretty solid penalty-killing team, especially with Marshan and Bergeron. Look at what Marshan just did. Shout-out to him, by the way. That, like, 28-career um, shorthanded goals, that's awesome. And uh, their power play, I mean, obviously it's minus Tory Crew, but I mean, I've liked McAvoy much better than Grizzlick on on the point back there playing the defense, high defenseman. Um, it's it's always been solid with Berger on the bumper, and now you're seeing Richie is an awesome presence in front, presence in front of the net. He's huge. He battles, um, and so he's he's a guy who's going to get that rebound. So again, point being is special teams. We knew they were good, right? They've usually been historically pretty good. I mean, power play not so much, but still. Um, but it's five on five that I'm really looking for and that I'm really like trying to pay attention to. Um, we've seen it in spurts, obviously. Um, but still it's like less than 50% of this year's goals. have been five on five. And isn't that the issue that we've been trying to address for how many years at this point now, you know, and we've kind of done it, but without pass knock, I mean, five and five is just, it's, you know, that's so good. Good for them. But still concerned about this five and five play. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You do not definitely need to see some more consistency from the team. It's only been what did we say six games, two weeks worth of hockey. But I feel a little bit more encouraged after the first week of hockey, where I feel like you didn't see the best out of them playing a lesser team in New Jersey. I don't. Know. That was just me. And then uh, on what was this last Thursday night? Philly comes to town. Boston wins five to four in a shootout. Shootout winner by Jake DeBrusque, the only thing he's done this year other than get injured. Um, <laughs> Shout out to that, dude. <laughs> Boston outshoots Philly in this game, 43-26. to 26. Surprisingly, they lost in the faceoff dot, 63% to 36%. Claude Giroux opens the game up about six minutes in. Picking the top corner. It was the first power play goal that uh, Boston had let up for the season. Even though that happened, Bergeron and Marshawn were looking pretty decent, I thought, on the penalty kill. Uh, they had a, they've, I mean, Marshawn has the two penalty, uh, shorthanded goals this year, so you know, you're know starting to see him look a lot better than he did on the penalty kill the last couple of years where he was injured with the, with his groin or, or was it the hernia. I forget which one. Boston goes down 2-0 uh, later in the second period when James Van De- Reams like, James Van Reams died scores and then uh I guess it took a little bit of a talking to from the coach in between second period and Jack Studnicka finally scores a goal for Boston. It was their first five on five goal of the year and apparently it was their first five on five goal in uh since what game six last year, something like that. It was like over two hundred minutes I read somewhere. I believe it was on ninety eight five the sports hub. 
Uh, Charlie Coyle would tie it up almost two minutes later, but then Philly would take the lead when Travis Sandheim scored. Back and forth game into overtime, where, like I mentioned, Jake DeBrus had the the only shootout goal. It was a pretty nifty goal. little soft wrister that kind of floated up and over. I saw... In this game, I in this game I thought I saw a little bit more of Studnicka. Um, obviously, with the goal, it's nice to see him get something on there. And then, uh, oh, the five-on-five goal was 267 minutes, according to Ty Anderson on 98.5 The Sports Hub. I knew I had that in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the goals that Tuca was giving up, I didn't think they were terrible goals. Uh, one was off a skate. I know he gave up a few in that. I I know Jimmy. I see you over there. Um, I thought that Carter Hart looked very good in this game, although you know he did end up giving up what four goals. Jimmy, what did you what did you say? I said Tuker, and you just started. <laughs> so, uh, as much as I want to la- blame him for the one you said went off the skate, I couldn't because it's even though it was a high, very high top of the circles tip, and you you think your seven million dollar goalie should be able to stop that. I guess not because I guess he's not that good. Um, you know, Bobrovsky stops that puck. That's all I know. Um, but, uh, but he doesn't stop two- anything else. Hey, you know, he stopped that one. Um, and that's why he's paid $8 million because he stops that puck, I guess. Um, I think he got 10 actually. Didn't he get 10 million? Yeah, he's, I think oh, he's, he's, he's like grossly overpaid. You think Tuka Rask is overpaid? Yeah, Bobrovsky is not- grossly overpaid. Like, I want to vomit in my mouth when I say that Bobrovsky makes $10 million. Yeah, goalies are goalies are the running backs of the NHL. You can just pick one of the minor leagues, and they can be just as good. <laughs> you know, you just catch lightning in the bottle in the playoffs. What's that? Oh, catch lightning oh. in the bo- in the bottle yeah. in the, uh, AKA, during the playoffs. That happens. AKA, I mean, oh, go get gets hot. Cam Ward, Jordan Binnington, Tim Thomas. Tim Thomas is not a very good goalie, but he got no, hot. He was not. He was no. not. But he, he, he was seriously out of his mind in the playoffs. I mean, Tim Thomas, if you look at his numbers, he's the same thing as Anton Hudobin. He's about the, same, about the same size, too. He just got super hot the whole year. I mean, that's, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. That's um, and that's why I don't pay goalies $7 million a year. Because no, no, no. You should never do that. Never. Um, but my thing, my thing with so you want my, you want my takeaways from the whole game or just of just my Rask thing? No, no, no. The whole game, whatever. You you can go off on Rask a little longer if you want. Okay. Well, I, I have some notes here from this game. So the first two goals I put on Rask, the must stop goals. I know it was a, I know it was a top corner shot. I hate the people saying the one by the ears, so hard to stop. When you're unscreened and you're making that much money as a as an elite goalie, and people keep telling me he's a top five goalie in the league. Guess what? Make the stop. That's your that's your job. Um, the fourth goal, the Van Reams like tying goal. Actually, before we get to that, you've got uh, the goal by our best defenseman in uh, Carlo. You know, that was a bomb from the blue line. Oh, and yeah. Our, our best defenseman, great, our great our best finally scored. Our best defenseman finally scored. Um, yeah, sorry about uh, that. I didn't have a good game plan going into that, and I, I just totally, like, half-assed the goal. Oh, so. <laughs> good, good, good. I, I, I mean, I heard that. I was like, I got I to gotta mention my boy, Brian Carlo, here. BC's got to get ref, uh, gotta be, get uh, some reference here. Um, but talking about a fourth goal, this uh, talking about uh, Justin's number one defenseman, who I think is a uh, middle to bottom pair defenseman. Um, this guy is coming to have it now. He refuses to clear bodies out of the crease. That Van Reems like equalizing goal, the fourth goal. McAvoy's staring at him. He's right next to him. He goes, hey, look, there's the puck. Hey, look, there he is. Oh, that's in the back of the net. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can say what you want about Char being old and slow. Guess what? Char gets him out of there. I, I mean, I mean, 
I would take Bobby Orr at 75 years old, gets him out of there. I, I, I don't, I don't understand what this guy has. He, he doesn't mind hitting people and uh, uh, against the boards, but he does not want to clear out in front of the net. It drives me insane. Um, and then my last, my last two points of this game is that, yeah, Richie, he's pretty good. On the power play, um, I, I want I mean, I want to see him do some more uh, things on uh, even strength. I think uh, Justin tweeted that out yesterday, the day before. Um, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I don't know. It's uh, I tried to look up some uh stats that correlate him to Milan Lucic's one thirty goal season to say, oh well, maybe Lucic when he dropped thirty, he it was all power play. No, it was twenty five even strength goals and five power play goals. So it doesn't really uh, correlate to him at all. And then the last, and the last thing, um, I'm not. I'm going to eat crow on a lot of players that I talked uh, crap on last week. This one's not one of them. Sidnika, guess what? He shoots the puck. He scores goals. Wow, that's what I said last week. That's all I said last week. He has three shots. He has three. He didn't have a single. He did not have a single shot for the first three games. No goals. He has three shots that next game. Guess what? He scores. Brain blown here. You shoot the puck. You score goals. It's not that hard. I know that. Sounds pretty basic, Justin. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I again, I I totally disagree with you here, Jimmy. Because again, first of all, it's in his first few NHL games. All right, he's he's a young kid, um, and honestly, frankly, right now, he's he's like he has a frame. He's tall enough. He's got size, but he's still he's still you know very light. So he needs to pack on like another twenty pounds, thirty pounds of muscle. And once he do does that, he'd be much better at you know winning those puck battles because he gets he gets bounced off by these bigger, heavier guys. And so I think he's really struggling. But what you've got to love about the kid is that, again, look at it this way, is he's doing really well. He's he's not afraid to get to the front of the net. He's not afraid to drive to the net, be in front. Um, he's willing to battle on, alongside the boards. He does his best to be responsible defensively. He's got he's got wheels. Um, he's made some good plays. But I just think this the the weight factor right now is really going against him, and he's still learning. So. I say, like, you know, wait till the end of the season and see see what he kind of does. So I'm hoping he still gets minutes. But, no, outside of that, I like Nick Ritchie. But as I also agree, like, you know, keep him uh, keep in mind it's only been on the power play. So we'll see. But I do like him. I do like him. If he can, like, I honestly want to keep him with Krejci. And I have a, bit, a nagging question for um, you guys, actually, was, you know, I don't know if you want to answer it now, but, like, wait, what's the lineup going to look like when Pasnock's back? Because I kind of like it with Frederick third line, Richie second line. I really like that third line right now. It's it's clicking. It's clicking. Oh, e- man. Even when they don't score, they look good. Smith has been pretty great these last couple of games, not just because he scored, but because he's around the puck and putting it on net. I thought, you know, I I think right now you sit DeBrusque. I, I mean, think so. I know he's injured, so it makes it, it, it makes it easier. But when he's not injured, I don't know. what What is he? He had that up. I I wrote this little down here, and I'll go into it more later. But he he looks like when they tried to stuff Bjork up there for a little while, when up on the first line, and Bjork just looked lost. He you is know, absolutely- I, I mean, okay. I, you see him around the puck, and he's made a couple of plays, but he just oh no, he that's the best way to put it, Dave. Is honestly, Jake DeBrusque looks lost on that top line. He looks like he does he doesn't know where to be. Um, he, he did like oh what he should be doing. I mean, I give him credit. He is like he played a little bit better. Um, I don't know if he was playing through something or whatever, but he's he sucked. I mean, like it, like plain and simple. And same thing with Bjork. Like I mean, you put him up there, like, and and honestly, they're at the age now in the NHL where like they're kind of what you see is what you get. You know, they're approaching that stage, 
So I, my biggest question is for those two, well, more so for DeBrusque is, hey, bro, are, are you a goal scorer? Are you power forward? Like, like, or are you a bottom yeah. guy? He's Brett you know? Conley. Like, He's Brett Conley. Yeah, another Brett Conley. <laughs> oh, so we're gonna tr- we're gonna trade him and let him walk in free agency, and he's gonna get better somewhere else, or at least yeah, marginally I mean, I, better. I mean, that's the Bruins thing. They trade for Toronto, he gets better. They trade for Ali Smith, he gets better. They trade. Uh, Conley, he gets better. That's what the Bruins do best. Sadnika could be a bust here. He goes somewhere else and scores 40 goals somewhere. Would not surprise me one bit. Although, yours truly, Danton Heinen, has been an absolute ghost in Anaheim. Has he? I got to check out his stats. Oh, yeah, I, know. I saw he's you been, say that in the text chain last night. I was like, invisible. Um, so, there so, you go. There's one. I read that text last night, and I just kind of buried my head in my hands. <laughs> he, 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 turned, he, he went back into his old ways of being becoming a ghost, Dave did. Um, <laughs> I would uh, I would, uh, I would, would put Poss on the second line. I would. I know that the, the second line is clicking here with Richie. I want to see Richie with Bergeron and Marsh. And I, I think that big body could really help make some more space for them. Um, and I've, I've been saying it for years. Pasternak with Krejci, please give him, give him, please a uh, score. And I think if DeBrusque does figure it out, then you can put Richie on that second line. Then you got that, you got the, uh, the play, the, the, the playmaking. You have the basher on one side, and you got the score, uh, streaky score on the other. Right now, there's no scores really on that line, even strength. And I think that you need to put a score down there, or else that line just useless. And that's your fourth line because the fourth line actually produces more than the second line does. Well, you know, and, and Jimmy, like, I, I like your Postnock, and honestly, normally I would agree, but I'm going to be straight up with you. You actually have, I'd say, two and a half productive lines. So, well, meaning, yeah. like, you can at least count on the third line because, like, that third line has been awesome. That's wow. What I, I, like, and Frederick's been the biggest surprise to me. I didn't think he was going to be, like, anything crazy special, but I have loved him out of all the players right now, and I love Stud- Studnika. I really do. But Frederick's been the most fun to watch. He's gritty. He's hard nosed. He set up Coil for that beautiful goal the other day, um, and like he and like he hustles. And oh man, he's just that line is just awesome. So yeah, I feel like you can you, you roll those two lines out. You're okay. If that's your second line, then yeah, then put. But then I, I, then things I don't really want Richie on your third line because I think Richie provides a little more offense than me a third line guy. So that that's a that's the thing you get into is is Krejci a third line player? No, then if not, let's get a third line player and let's maybe see what we can get for Krejci. Well, uh, he's your third line center right now by default because you know DeBrusque's injured and he was playing with um, he's playing with Richie, right? Right. Uh, he was supposed to be playing with Kasher on that side. Yeah. You know, and then you yeah. have you have that eleven, twelve, thirteen line right there. That's clicking. I mean, that's mm-hmm. looking more like a number two right now. Just, just again, just by default, yeah. It's uh, no, honestly, I think I think they've been playing him like second line minutes, or close to them. Yeah, but it's Pretty crazy much. just how Krejci will disappear like that. I mean, he's got five assists, but I think they're all power play. No, I'm pretty sure most of his points have all been on the power play. I'm fairly positive. Uh, and I, I used to love Krejci, but I mean, if. He's if every off. year it's going to be a search for the perfect piece in the jigsaw puzzle, is it really worth it? Yeah, well, so no. At this point, it's. I think Krejci would be a perfect deadline trade piece for us, um, for a team. Because honestly, yeah, I hate to break it to everybody. Probably is we're not going to win the cup this year with Tampa, 
and all these other really no, good teams. No, that are no, um, no way. So no way. you're looking at you probably have to eat some salaries in the last year's deal. You probably can get some a, a prospect or a a third line player for him if you trade him to a team that's on the verge of winning and is looking for that bottom nine uh, depth of like scoring power play because he he can still pass. He's just not really. I mean, playoff crazy is still a thing. If he's engaged in the playoffs, I think he's, I mean, it showed last year. He can still play in the playoffs when he thinks that they can win. So I think that he, someone like that, you could end up trading him to a team. Um, it wouldn't happen, but a team like Toronto or something like that for a uh, a player um, that would fit on the third line. What well, the issue is, Jimmy, it's like, I, th- I think it's his salary. I mean, I know it's, you know what I mean? Like, you would definitely have to eat some of it. In order for a team to be tantalizing him, because that's so much money for a guy who's like really dropped off. Um, and and I and I agree. I used to lo- I like Krejci, like two that like young young Krejci loved him, playmaker, like go like he scored some nice goals, like he was awesome. But he is far and removed from that. So yeah, absolutely. Like, and we we thought we were hoping that he was gonna be playoff Krejci last playoff and I think we all kind of teased ourselves on that uh just a quick Danton Heinen update he's got one goal and one assist for two points and he's a plus one this year out in Anaheim so I mean he's doing he's doing better than DeBrusque um (laughs) but they're both not doing great not not at all his numbers are also better than Sadnika's just saying say that again his numbers are also better better than Stadnika's. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think he provides more on the defensive side too. Oh, now now all of a sudden oh, yeah, Jimmy's okay. a fan of fucking Dan. Okay, okay, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, right. okay. I'm, I'm sure he plays great. I'm sure he's wonderful defensively. I'm sure he's great. He's great. I mean, he's a Joe average. <laughs> Joe average. Yeah. When you listen to Claude June talk about him, he was the he was the 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 silent piece there. You didn't you didn't see him on the on the stat sheet, but he was there. Oh, but but he's he's Claude Julian's prototypical like like most favorite player in the entire world. A guy who has zero offensive capabilities, yeah, Chris, but who Chris plays Kelly. okay defensively. Chris Chris Kelly two point Yep. All right. Was this the game that uh, Grizzly like went down super awkwardly? Yeah, early in the game. Did you see that down in the corner where he like almost does a split? It's the reason he's been injured for the last two games. What's going on I, I, with this guy? He's gonna he's gonna fucking kill himself. No, you guys didn't see that play. No, I'm trying to think which play. When Grizzly got hurt, he went down into oh, the corner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I forget who it was. Just kind of goes in for the hit and Grizzly slips and does like a full on split, which made me kind of cry to begin with. But then the player like landed on top of him, and you know he ended up being held out of the overtime game, but he did return to the game. I just it was just such an awkward hit. He was just hurt the game before. You know, is this guy too small right now? Yes. Yes. Like and this is what I'm saying. Undersized defensemen don't belong in the top four. They just don't. You're gonna have like one of those on your defensive core and he can play bottom pairing minutes. All right, but outside of that, they get bullied. I mean, regular season maybe can get away with it, but like as soon as it hits postseason, like totally just get bullied and just they get worn down. This much faster, I think. So I, I and with Grizzik, I'm honestly like kind of happy he's out right now because I've I've been pretty down on Grizzik so far this season. I think he's sucked, quite honestly. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's killing me to agree with you, Justin, there because going into what I was looking at trying to make a case where why McAvoy is not a a top pairing defenseman, I was going to use Grizzik. 
Then I saw he was hurt again, and I was like, "Well, this guy can't stay healthy. I can't put. I can, you can't put him in the top two if he can't stay healthy." So, um, I still think him. Mean, he's had a bad beginning of the season. I still think that he's your best offensive defenseman on this team um, when he's going, just like Krug was last year. You can say what you want about McAvoy. Krug was the best offensive defenseman you had in this team. Um, I just, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. So, uh, I think the best athlete you have back there is McAvoy. I'll, I'll give you that, but he's not the best defenseman. Best defenseman there is is Carlo. Carlo is the best all around player on that defense right now, hands down. Not even close. Yeah, and he's been playing but, like it too. I mean, he's I, I, he's I getting put, in I, lanes. He's got his stick in the right position. And he's even got a goal. Up 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 until that uh, game against Pittsburgh. I know we're gonna talk about it in a little bit, but up until that game against Pittsburgh, I would I would take Kevin Miller over the way Charlie McAvoy's played. Charlie McAvoy's played awful this year. Awful, soft, <laughs> soft, no offense. Just he's invisible out there. I, I'll I'll give you that for uh, yes his offense is not there I mean he, I think he's got three assists on the season um, and you know no goals but right no goals he hasn't scored one yet. He, has more, he has he has six assists six assists yeah he's more than three yeah well three of them came in the game against Pittsburgh true uh, but well, he, I didn't no. think he looked good in Pittsburgh the game against Pittsburgh there was no, one, I, no, there was I, one I, play no. where he's over like in Lazalle's kitchen. All the way on the left side of the ice at the blue line, and he just opened up a giant gap for a breakout, and they went skating back. I mean, I think they recovered in time. I don't. It didn't uh, lead to a goal, but I mean, um, so back to Thursday Philly game. Uh, the one other thing that I kind of was like, "What the hell on this game?" Uh, I was happy they won, obviously, but when you finally take a lead, you give it back up. What was it? Uh, it was like sixteen minute, uh, the sixteen minute mark, sixteen thirty mark, I think, or something like that. When you yeah. Get at the end. So, yeah. Kylo, Kylo gets the the goal with about five minutes left, and less than a minute later, you're giving it up. That's happened to the Bruins so much over the last few years. It just drives me nuts when it happens. It's a goal within the last five minutes. Jimmy, you had a stat about that when we were talking. You wanna? Yep. So yeah, so basically, I so I realize when I'm watching the game because it's really disheartening when you're watching these games. But I kind of went back before the podcast and I watched just the uh, condensed game on NHL on NHL.com to kind of just refresh it in my head right before we talk about it. And it really came to it when I was watching the Van Riemsdyk goal and then the yeah the Van Riemsdyk goal uh, in the first Philly game. And I'm sitting there like, how many times have they done it this year? Okay, they played six games and. In the six games, in the final five minutes of any period, they've given up five goals. In the final five minutes of the third period, they've given up three goals. And all three of those goals have either led lead, led to a tie to go to overtime, where they've been phenomenal this year for the most part, or uh, the game against like New York where they lost because they lost one nothing. Of those three goals, two of them were right in front where the guy, uh, the guy had pretty much, it was one-on-one with the goalie, and McAvoy stood next to him and watched him and did absolutely nothing. And this is my point about McAvoy. There's absolutely nothing in front of the net. So out of the out of the three goals they've given up in the third period, uh, in the final five minutes, McAvoy, your number one, Justin, has done absolutely nothing to help your goalie out there that needs help because I don't think he can do it his own, on his own. So between between Tweedledee and Tweedledum back there with McAvoy and uh, uh, Rask, we're screwed. <laughs> All right. So so last oh. week. Last week it was Bergeron. This week it's going to be hot yeah. McAvoy. Not that you oh, haven't shed on McAvoy uh, in all the podcasts yet this year. Um, I was going to give him credit. I was ready to give him credit today. Like, I was not, I was not going to shed on him. 
But the more and more we talk about, it, I'm like, man, this guy, this guy's just not good. I'm sorry, he's not good. All his potential is just going out the window. Just like remember, like Ryan Spooner was supposed to be good and all these guys. Yeah. <laughs> nice job, <Captain. laughs> Oh, Christ. Jimmy, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, you're nuts. All right. And listen, and the funny funny thing is, right? Is I will sit here and I actually do agree. Does he have trouble boxing guys out in front of the net sometimes? Absolutely. I'll even tell you, does he sometimes let guys get behind him on the rush? Absolutely. Like, like how many times does he has have guys turn him around? All right? Not going to deny. He's made quite a few mistakes. I think he sucked versus Pittsburgh. And I think I've said it in the past, too. He's playing. He's your number one defenseman right now. Now, is he there developmentally-wise? No. Not, not at all. He's not, he's not there yet. But defensemen in the NHL develop much slower than forwards do. Um, I, statistics even show that. And right now he's 23 years old. All right? So, and honestly, Victor Hedman, best defenseman in the NHL, he wasn't great when he first started out in the league. He was good. He was good. But he wasn't, he wasn't anything like any headliners here. Um, so what I'm saying is, is really before you assess, like, you know, he's making mistakes now. But – Let's see what he is three or four years down the line. So I, I, I agree with you. You know what so I mean? I, so I agree with what you're saying. Listen, like he gets beat and stuff like that. And, you know, we'll see what he's, what he is going to be. The whole development, the whole developing later uh, defenseman uh, mature, like fine wine, longer they go on. I know I get that. But the thing is what you're saying is that he gets beat over and over and over again like this. And if you're number one defenseman and get beat like that, you're looking at, players like P.K. Subban and uh, Eric Carlson and players like that. And the difference between McAvoy and them, because they're both more offensive-minded defensemen, the only difference between between Subban uh, back in his days in like Montreal and like where he was really good and uh, uh, Carlson out in San Jose and when he was in Ottawa, they they have the ability to put the puck in the net every time they touch the puck. McAvoy, he might score – Five goals a year, maybe, maybe five goals a year. Like he's not good offensively when it comes to scoring. So to me, he's. I mean, that, that's that's my thing. It's like if, he, if if you can't score, like physically put the puck in the net yourself, then it's time to stop focusing on the offensive side and become more of a well-rounded defenseman and start putting some weight on. And I mean, actual weight, not you know uh, beer weight, like I like I put on, um, but actually you know get in the weight room and box some people out in front of the crease. I, I would I would much rather him not like coming up like, along the boards like he does because it looks cool for like your YouTube videos and getting up and getting girls, but actually do something in front of the crease where the actually matters where pucks go in the net. It's 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 becoming it happened twice this year in six games. On this pace, it's gonna happen. I not I'm not doing quick math here, but it's gonna happen a lot. <laughs> no, no, it, I, no. But honestly, I even say he's not. He, I was even gonna say he's not. He's not gonna be your like super offensive defenseman. Like, I don't think he'll ever get offensively as good as Krug was. But I think, again, I mean, he's seen minutes now on the power play. But, you know, if he develops into that, like, first power play unit defenseman, which I think he could, you'll see maybe a little bit more. But for the most part, I think he's going to be more of a defensive guy. Um, and I think, you know, that's also part of, like, kind of like the – in a way, kind of like the Bruins way, if you will. So I think his offense will get a little bit better. But for the most part, he's a defensive guy. And, again, Jimmy, like, I totally understand – uh, with the defense part, believe me, but he does. He's good. He does good along the boards. Um, he really does. He like hits people. And I love watching it. It's so much fun. Him throwing his way around. But um, you know, he'll get to the other parts. Playing defense in the NHL is is tough, especially when you're going up against like the team's top guys. So I, just just give him time, 
And if he's still doing this when he's like 26, 27, I'll be right there with you, Jimmy, saying, yo, get his ass out of town. But right now, right. way too early. Don't worry. The, the president of the uh, the Charlie McAvoy uh, shit club will be re-electing. I'm looking for a new vice president, so I'll be calling you in a couple of years for it. <laughs> All right, McAvoy does only have four assists on the season. Um, oh, is it four assists? I'm sorry, Dave. Yeah, no, no, that's all right. It and happens. You, and, and, and Jimmy, and Jimmy, just to correct you, he's good for up to seven goals in a season. Did it twice. Thank you. All right, you. not five. Five last year. Short no, season. He was gonna get his next two. Don't worry. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe maybe if we didn't start Darth Vader uh, in the in the playoffs. He would have gotten to seven in the playoffs. Who knows? Well, well, the good news for him is he likes to break out into his goal sco- scoring streak in February, and that's only a couple days away. So, hopefully, we could get onto that. Oh, okay, moving on. Saturday night, still against Philadelphia, back in town. I was really disappointed in Philadelphia in this game. I wanted to see a better game. Six to one win for the Bruins. Twenty six shots to seventeen. Boston three for four on the power play. I mean. I just it was very lackluster performance for Philadelphia, if you ask me. It was nice. How about Carter Hart? Yeah. At the end. Oh, he was pissed, and I don't blame him. It was like seven times that he smashed that stick. Oh yeah, you he know, was pissed. Team didn't show up in front of him. How do you leave him out there that long? He's like he's just starting goalie. How the hell do you leave him out there that long? That long? Right. I mean, the team was not playing at all. You could see it. They were just schedule I mean, loss. Yeah. Yeah. I. Mean, I, I, I I, I should on Cassidy, but Elaine Vigneault sucks as a head coach, too. He's awful. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Elaine Vigneault. Everywhere he goes, he loses. Well, <laughs> I mean, he had that one really good season. I forget when it was, but uh, he was supposed to win the yeah. cup. Oh, yeah, 2011. He got me there. Love that. Oh. All right, so uh, Bergeron opens the scoring in the first period on the power play with his second of the year. Real early in the second period, Kevin Hayes, who I think had uh, was Philadelphia's best player in these last two games by far, uh, he scores. Uh, Craig Smith about a minute, 15 seconds later, making a 2-1. to one, And then late in the period, Charlie Coyle ties it up early in the third period, about four minutes in. Brad Marchand scores. Uh, see, that I think at that point, you start thinking about pulling the goaltender there, but you know, at the eight-minute mark when Marshawn scores again on the power play, it's time to get him out of there. That you, you left your goaltender out to dry. Then uh, at 13:33, Bergeron on the power play closes out the scoring with his third of the year. Grizzlick was out to the in, due to the injury, which I mentioned in the last game. Connor Clifton was in. Uh, I thought he looked extremely rusty. Obviously, first game of the season. You had on um, Trent Frederick move up to the third line in this game, and this is where Anders Bjork moved down to the third game, to the fourth line, excuse me. And then uh, Halak was a net on that one, on this game. So the team obviously played really well in front of Halak, which was nice to see. A couple more power play goals. But, yeah, I mean, I, I you almost felt bad for Katahat, but he plays for Philadelphia, so I don't really feel bad for anybody in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Damn Philadelphians. Justin, why don't you give us a couple takeaways from this game? I, I mean, you know, Ozzy Dave again, like like from the Boone's perspective, uh again, power play is clicking. Good to see. Uh but again, we kinda knew that power play was good and but it's just nice to see a good without Tory crew. 
and pass knock for that matter. Uh, and then secondly, it was also good to see um, some five on five scoring. And again, like shout out to that third line. I cannot talk about them tonight enough. Even the game against Pittsburgh the other day, like like their first shift on the ice within 10 seconds, they had a scoring chance. Um, I just love that line. They, they, they played phenomenally. Um, still waiting for the second line to come together. And for Richie to score on five on five, for sure. Uh, defense I've liked. I think Zavorl has been one of their t- uh, best defensemen. And I think he's been playing like third, maybe fourth most minutes on the decor for that matter. So it, he's doing. It, it's funny you say that about Zaboral. I feel like he got called out by the coach today saying that he could do a little bit better. So, cause I was kind of on the same page with you as Zaboral. And then I, I saw that quit. I didn't get to it. I, my daughter was tugging at me dinner, <laughs> dinner time, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I like that because I thought he had been playing very well. Sorry to interrupt, but I just no, no, not at all, not at all. I, I, I think I, I, and I agree, Dave. I think he was doing well. I, I could say last game he did struggle. I will say that there was some good shits, but he did struggle. So I, maybe he was coming off of that. But I thought, he's, I thought he's been good. I agree with you for the most part. But I liked, him. I've liked him a lot, and he's been a surprise. So it's good to see at least he's kind of panning out. But from Philly's side, I mean, they just it looked like a schedule loss for them. I mean, I agree with your take too on the uh, Hayes there. Oh my gosh, what's his name? Jesus. Kevin Hayes. Yeah, Kevin Hayes. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of Jimmy Hayes. My gosh. Of course, we always get the, the crappier of the two brothers, right? At first, we got Brett Ritchie. I was oh, thinking the same thing. Like, we had, the, like, wrong, like, we had the wrong Hayes, and now we got we started off with the wrong Ritchie. You know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, right, right, right? So Jimmy, to your off. credit, you you were on the Richie, the Nick Ritchie train, so... But it was it was it was fun. Otherwise, it's because they got an ass kicking. But I felt I did feel bad for Carhartt. He totally got left out to dry. His yeah. team did not come to play. Um, to your point about the third line in that one, that pass from uh, Trent Frederick to Charlie Coyle for oh. that one-handed tap was just oh beautiful. It was beautiful. great. Oh come More on, that, please. come on, Hattrick Swayze. What's up? So yeah, it looked nice, but I I put more uh, problems on. A heart on that one. I'm sorry. Don't, why are you so deep in your net? Go on. If you challenge the puck, it's not even a tip opportunity. It's a it's a soft shot on goal, and there's no there's no goal there. So just play play your position correctly. I, I feel and like I, he was at the top of the crease. No, no, he was he was deep. No, he, went, he was deep. Yeah, he was okay. deep. Yeah, he definitely was. I mean, that, that's, um, it looked it looked beautiful though. The one hand tip looked beautiful, but that should. It was just good. nice, just because Coy was oh. driving, and then he just oh. stuck his stick out, and boom. It was, it was beautiful, but it shouldn't have been a goal. I'm, I mean, if if you play the position correctly, it's not a goal. Well, I think Vasilevsky would stop that. Let's put it that way. Not with number 88, he wouldn't. <laughs> you know who definitely wouldn't stop that is Bobrovsky. Tuka Rask. Michael Ryder. Hey, Tuka's, Tuka looked real good last night. I'm sorry. I, I know I, I said it and you told me he was just doing his job, uh, but. Right now, so he was, he was, he was the prime candidate for my, my third, uh, my third dud this week. And after, watching, <laughs> after watch, after watching that pit three game, I couldn't give it to him. I wanted to go bad. I just couldn't give it to him. Uh, he was, uh, I think he drank his Timmy Thomas juice. <laughs> he was good for, he was due for a good one. Oh man. <laughs> he was due for a good one. <laughs> Jimmy, I love how you talk about him. Like he's O for the century. I mean, my, <laughs> how many, how many rings does he have? He is O for the decade. He has one. Doesn't count. He didn't start. He's he's got know, one though. Right, right. Ask the, the right question. Oh, so, right, phrase so it properly good. next time. So how many how many rings does, does he get credit for? 
I mean, he, he he's, he's on the he's, fucking cup, Jimmy. He's over the decade. So is Peter Crone. <laughs> That's true. And, and all he did was put us in cap hell for a year or seven. <laughs> no, listen, but, but listen, Dave. Like, like again, we all know he's an excellent regular season goalie. That's fantastic. Yeah. But would I take that man in the playoffs or or in Game Seven or an elimination game? Hell no! I'm staying clear. Clear away. Clear. No, you can stay away. The, the, the dude, he takes a poopa in his tuka. <laughs> no, that's a good drop. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, uh, you don't get to game seven against St. Louis without him that, that year. And uh, I don't put game – I've been over this with Jimmy a hundred times, but I don't put game seven on him. Um, and I thought of that game – I was re-watching one of these games, and I heard uh, – Jack say something to the extent of Brad Marchand never gives up on plays, and I'm thinking to myself, except for Game 7 against St. Louis where he half-heartedly went for that check. If he had just chugged it to the bench, somebody could have gotten on the fucking ice. <laughs> you know? And then, then it's one nothing. all right? Then let's see what happened. But that, that game was lost right after that. Sorry, oh, that's my so opinion. Being in the building, the air went out of the building. It was over. I almost left at, the, at, at there. I almost left there because like the game's over. Like, it, you could just feel that that goal happened because your goalie can't make a stop there. Just the air goes out. The air went out of the building. Um, but I don't know where I was going with this. Uh, <laughs> must have been I'm, bullshit. <laughs> what is yeah, but all I have to say to you, Dave, is is first of all, with that year, all right, you faced the Carolina Hurricanes. For the Eastern Conference Championship. I mean, it doesn't get much easier than that. And then uh, you went to Game 7 with Toronto, and and you're just lucky that Toronto's goaltender is a bigger choker and bigger poop in his pants than Tuca is. You know what I mean? Because Tuca's bit like, like crap his pants usually, like, like versus Toronto. Um, and Columbus, they, they had some decent goals going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they beat Tampa, but for when they had a real goalie. But they, yeah, yeah, they did have a real goalie, Jimmy. Yes, thank you. Wait, who was, um, wait, who was the goalie that they beat in five <laughs> games? I think it was six. I think it was six. It was six. It, was six. it, it, it should six. have been five, but that bullshit goal off the net, right? That's that's hey. why. That's probably why I kept it there. And hey, listen, at, at the rate that series was going, it, it, I was honestly thinking it was going to be seven games, but but and then you face again Carolina, and then uh, St. St. Louis Blues. Kudos to them for winning the cup, but they've never been like known to be a heavily offensive team. I think you lost that series versus Bennington, who which sucks because Bennington is a worse goaltender than Rask. He's still got a play by him. He can't ward 2.0. You you yeah. lost that series because your defense was too small and that St. Louis team was big and heavy and they kicked the crap out of you for seven oh, for games. Oh, sure. Oh, for sure. That, That's that wasn't doing? that wasn't a goaltending winning goaltender winning or losing that series. That was St. Louis knowing how to play in Game Seven of the Cup Final. Jimmy, you look happy about that one. So, do you know why we lost? Do you know why we lost against St. Louis? You guys are gonna love this one. So, you know how you know we said earlier in the episode that you know you don't need to pay a goalie because you know a goalie can get hot like Tim Thomas or 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 Cam Ward or Jordan Binnington. So, we already said that you know Jordan Binnington is like Tim Thomas, and we're saying that the the Blues that year were like the 2011 Bruins. Well, I'd say that we were like the 2011 Canucks, and we have Le- uh, Roberto Luongo on goal, who's also a choke artist, just like Tukarask. Full circle. There we go. <laughs> what goes around comes around. Um, but oh, I, I, do remember, I do remember what I was, was, yeah, was going to say, Dave. Um, 
I tr- I actually trusted Rask that year to actually uh, prove me wrong after the whole. Uh, I thought it was a year of screwing Jimmy over. You know, all the people I thought proved me wrong. Um, I think earlier that year the uh, the Eagles uh, beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I'm like, well, Philly finally won something. I was wrong about that. <laughs> and then 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 my biggest villain in Boston, um, besides Brandon Workman, um, but it was uh, David Price. He finally won a World Series. I'm like, oh, okay, prove that guy wrong. And then all of a sudden Rask starts going this run. I'm like, oh. It's- it's a year of screw Jimmy. All right. Sounds good. I, I, Jimmy, I thought that was the year he was gonna do it. And then he proved to all of us, hey, you guys. He's actually a pumpkin. He's not a he's not he's not a coach. He's a pumpkin. <laughs> so I will never trust Rask again. And I think this was me and Dave's nope. second conversation we ever had was sitting in class together talking about how Tuga Rask choked. The first conversation was he asked me, Do you put do you put ketchup on eggs? And I said yes. I don't personally do it, but I was like, yeah, you can do it. And he just said, you're disgusting, and stop talking to me. I think is what he said to me. Yeah, pretty much. Ketchup on eggs is disgusting. Ketchup on hot dogs is fucking gross. Ketchup is for hamburgers, french fries. You don't put them on onion rings. You eat the onion ring with just a little salt and leave it like that, all right? And then you use the the rest of that ketchup in the bottle to make a real barbecue sauce, all right? (laughs) That's how I feel about ketchup. Well Sorry. said. Well, if, man, if, if you're over five years old and you're still putting ketchup on your hot dog, I I don't know. No, <laughs> mustard, mustard, mustard and relish. Mustard and relish. Oh, mustard, mustard onions. Oh, Ooh. so good. Um, now I gotta um, have a chili dog for lunch tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Mustard, <laughs> mustard and fries. Oh god, mustard and fries is still good. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> right. Jimmy, your takeaway from last Saturday's game. Um. So I kind of really hit um these points already. Oh, at least my one of my major points. Uh, my, I guess my main point would be that Philly, even though I picked them to win the cup this year, they have a real problem in goal. I know how good that that heart looked in the first game. There's a there's a problem there on the back end. I don't know if it's uh, with him as a goalie or the defense not playing in front of him or they're going to take de- uh, games off. This all might come down to uh, Vigneault's system of being a more offensive-minded coach where you leave your goalie out to dry, which might, again, I think this could be a serious problem going forward if they really want to be a cup contender. Um, the other takeaway I had, again, I said this earlier, is the Bruins are a front-running offense. When they start scoring goals, they score goals. And then when they're not scoring goals, and when when I say that, it's like that's when, like, you know, Corrali is scoring and Wagner scoring and all these guys that don't score normally are scoring. I don't know if you can count. Those, uh, I don't know if you can count on those guys day to day to day to day, because I just don't think when, when it comes down to a, a two to one game, you're going to be, you know, banking on Corrali to score for you. And that you shouldn't have the bank in your secondary scoring that way. But I just think that this kind of sums up what we've seen the last four or five years or at least three years under Cassidy that it's just been kind of like, all right, secondary scoring is there when everything else is going right. But if you need the, if you need a crucial, you know, power play and it's not Bergeron, Martian, or Postnock scoring, you're not going to get it from anybody. Unless it's game seven, it's DeBrusque against Toronto, and all of a sudden he comes out of nowhere. But for the most part, it's not coming from anybody but your quote-unquote uh, first line. I don't want to say perfection line, so I'm not doing it. No, don't do it. Is that game seven against Toronto, is that the last time you saw it, DeBrusque? Because I got a milk carton today with his picture on it. Um, no, so, <laughs> honestly, that whole playoff run, he was good. He was. Whole, he was very good at that play. Well, until, um, um, even the Toronto series. That, no. When Cadry hit him in the fucking yeah. chops with the stick. Yeah. When that happened, he, he kind of disappeared. So he, he had, yeah. he's had one very good series, I guess you can say. Yeah. He had a good series to start that playoff, but then, I think yeah. He had four, I think he had four goals in that series. I think he was leading the uh, NHL in playoff goals at that point. 
Yeah, he started off real hot like that, and then right, Powell right in the kisser. He still might have a concussion from that hit. Not going to lie. <laughs> that would explain so much. <laughs> right? I, was, I think half, half was a joke, but I'm like, man, he was he was a legitimate 20-goal scorer for us that year, and he was – and then he spent half the year last year not really scoring. I thought half of last year he was actually still concussed. And the way he's come out this year, it would not surprise me if there's some things still there. Well, to be honest, to your point, Jimmy, is uh, I mean, obviously now I, I think he was definitely playing through an injury in the kind of like the last couple of games or so. Um, and when, when he left, like you kind of knew it because there was something wrong. Because usually he's, a, he's an explosive skater, but he just looked like he was just not right. But that's what's so frustrating about, um, again, I, I'll say this about Anders Bjork as well, is like Anders Bjork, uh, Bjork, like less so because, like, I mean, he has flashes. Like, he had, he had a nice board work the other day. Like, he has flashes, but he can never put it together. And he's never shown that he can put it together. And he can't yeah, I mean, I mean, like, so uh, Bjork, again, I'm, I'm pretty much done with. Um, the Bruins thought he would be an offensive talent. He has little flashes here and there. But for the most part, he he looks like fourth line guy at most. Yeah, and the only um, reason you keep playing him at this point is a you got injuries, but b you got to try and bump up his trade value to get him out of town. No, and and honestly, uh, I'll talk later too, Dave. I think he's involved in the trade rumor potentially. But as far as Brusque goes, is you know he can produce. You know, like I see the Brusque, and I know he can be a like like not thirty goal scorer, but like a, a, like twenty plus. 20 to you know? 25. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's good. And that's good for second line winger, for sure. But, like, it's just, what is it with him? It, it, like, I don't understand. Like, is it just maybe he doesn't work as well with Krejci's like we hoped? Are uh, he trying to, uh, I don't know. Just, holding the stick like, too tight? Is he just putting yeah, too much pressure on himself? Like, like that, 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 that um, shootout goal the other day? Gorgeous. Yeah. Like Debrusco, like can you not do that at like a like a you know at NHL pace? Like is or I don't know, I don't know. So I'm really frustrated with him because I want to like him, but it's it's really a toss up at this point. Yeah, I agree. When 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 Debrus looks when he's on, he looks great, but Fantastic. the consistency there is like I, I don't even have a bad analogy for that. It's just terrible, you know. And then you know one of the. One of the things that caught my eye in this game was the play of Trent Frederick and Jeremy awesome. Lozon. Also, awesome. especially Lozon, uh, he showed some serious toughness on the power play, clearing out Travis Konechny in front of the net. And then uh, a little while, uh, right before that, I think it was, might have been right after. I'm sorry, um, but he absolutely laid out and tried to break up a cross-ice pass. It looked like he possibly could have got a piece of it, but he was definitely obscuring the uh, winger's view. I'm not sure who it was. Um, couple, Just a couple good plays I saw from him in there. Um, and then Frederick showing the poise against Friedman when Friedman uh, went after him for something, and then later on I believe he took a penalty, and Frederick just wouldn't, wouldn't go, wouldn't take the bait. What are you laughing at me for, Jimmy? No, it's not you. <laughs> it's not you, it's me. <laughs> I feel like you're breaking up with me, Jimmy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just seeing some of these, some of these younger guys, they're really, they're really starting to. Now they they kind of look there, and the funny thing we talked about Zaboral is he looks like he belongs more than uh, DeBrusque right now. Oh, for sure. 
No, I, I, and honestly, Dave, I'm happy you mentioned uh, Lausanne because he's one guy who I've really liked on defense. He's a, he's again, he's not a guy who's gonna you know put up you know e- even 30 points a season necessarily as a defenseman. But is he looking like he belongs and like he's really adjusting to especially top pairing minutes? I mean, again, he plays second uh, second most defensive minutes, um, second only to McAvoy. But he's looked like he belongs. He's physical, defends hard, plays hard. Um, he's got size, which is great. So I loved him. And again, just another shout out to Zaboral. I think he did have a kind of a crappy game against Pittsburgh, but outside of that, he's shown what you want to see from a defenseman, which is poised with the puck. He's very patient. He uh, positions his body well against other forwards, so he gets between them and the puck very easily. He wins his puck battles. He's not afraid to be physical. I think his offense will come because you definitely see the kind of like the good skating, good offensive instincts coming around and in that game against Philly towards the end I think he was really trying to get his first NHL goal there but I liked him the defense has been nice I I like it I really do yeah I agree and I wasn't very high on this defense coming in uh, losing the the two uh, players in the offseason Jimmy what did you what did you think about the younger guys that's those uh in the Philly game so I want to touch on the third line second line the de facto second line, who's probably going to be our th- third line if we're clicking on all cylinders a little later. Uh, so I'm not going to say too much about them. They're doing, they're looking real nice though. They have some real chemistry there. It reminds me of a lesser version of that 2011 line with Peverly, uh, Ryder, and Kelly. Uh, I believe me and Justin were talking about that earlier this yep. week. Talking about that team, it reminds me a lot of that. Uh, the chemistry, be able to find them, no look passes, just the the setup. As much as I downplay that uh, coil goal. It, the, the, just to find him there was a great find, even though it shouldn't have been a goal. It, it was still a it was still a great find though. Going for the young defenseman, I think I can say that I was wrong. I guess you could say on them, which is a lot. It's, it's hard for me to say. I really, I really, I can see you going like really wrong. I guess. Um, one hour nine minutes. Yeah, right. Mark that down. Right. Hit the hit the control. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, no one really expected this defense to be good, including me. I thought we were going to be pretty much Toronto when it came to our defense, and they've surprised me. Zaboral surprised me. I said he was a he was a bust, and he looks like well, I would put him. I would I would have more confidence with him in the defensive zone than I do uh, with Chucky McAvoy. That's for sure. So I mean, I'd put him out there uh, in a in the final five instead of McAvoy because at least I know he's going to at least put a hit on someone in front of the net. And same with Lazan. I, I, that's what I was laughing at, Dave. Well, one of the things I was laughing at when you were saying when you said uh, Lazan clear, cleared someone out of the crease, I'm like, that's all I'm asking for. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not asking my defenseman to score 20 goals. I'm asking them to, to be, play defense, and that's McAvoy's biggest thing. And I hate to keep going back to that, but you talk, you asked about young players. I guess he's still a young player technically, so I guess he's still on the board. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, we already decided this was the McAvoy episode. Most good pressure on this week's McAvoy. All right, I gotta go. I gotta go back and rename last week to instead of episode twenty-eight. I'm gonna name it the Bergeron episode. I, I swear, this <laughs> I, I had no to apologize to Dustin about McAvoy right here, and I was not supposed to be this way. But then the more and more I talked about, it, I'm like, no, he sucks. Hey, that's what we like about you, Jimmy. You stick to your guns, even if you question yourself. <laughs> Even if you're dead wrong, you're still hold <laughs> yeah. <old> guns. <laughs> the hell I die on right here. Uh, all right. Um, then, oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, okay. after you. No, I was just going to say, Dave, uh, I, I found um, one thing here about uh, Honest Bjork. 
is from an NHL Central Scout. I can tell you he's a guy I've been told to focus on. So Bjork looks like he's being the subject of some trade rumors here. Okay. So maybe look for him to get moved this season. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I, I believe early in the offseason I had heard something about um, him and trade rumors, but I never really heard much about it. I just, you know, people, they're looking to trade him. It was like something that I read or heard. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's why he – I think he had like a, a seven-minute conversation with the coach uh, a couple games back or a couple practices back and, uh, you know, being bumped down to the fourth line because – essentially being outplayed by Frederick, and Frederick earned that spot up there. So move on to Pittsburgh last night, 3-2 overtime win. Boston outshoots Pittsburgh 36-30, to uh, one for three on the power play. It was uh, 2 nothing after one. You got Brad Marchand scoring in the first period, shorthanded goal with his second of the year, and what did you say, his 28th, uh, 28th since he's been in the league? Yeah, 28th career uh, shorthanded goal. I think it's most among Bruins history, too. Yes, I forget who was in second place, but he's retired. Um, yeah, the closest active player is Bergeron, I believe, at 18. Um, second period, Nick Ritchie can, uh, continues to light it up on the power play with his third of the year. And third period, uh, Pittsburgh starts coming back. They can't start it coming back. You know, you could feel the ice shifting a little bit uh, later in that second period, but uh, Jason Zucker opens the scoring for Pittsburgh about halfway through the second period and then a little over five minutes later Kasperi Kapanen a guy I wanted the Bruins to try and make a move for ties it up and then uh, Don Sweeney's uh, Charlie Coyle of 2020 I mean 2021 excuse me Craig Smith scores with about a minute 11 to go in no not even 11 seconds to go in overtime for his second of the year Tuka was back in net Grizzig still out Clifton in um, I thought this was a good game. It was pretty back and forth, even though it was two nothing for, you know, heading into the third period. Boston had to fight for everything. I mean, that shorthanded goal by Pasternak, I, uh, you know. Marshan. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> Past. I, you know, <laughs> it's not back yet. <laughs> I, 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 I'm skipping down my notes, and I just can. I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. You guys know that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's. That I love seeing shorthanded goals. It just says so much about a team sometimes, and how they can click. Because they're not all fluky. No, it was great. That was a great pass from McAvoy. Yeah, up up to him. Save that, Jimmy. I mean, all right, Dave. Sorry, sorry. Save yeah. that. What time was it? <laughs> I said I was planning on giving. Him <laughs> I was planning on giving him credit today. I'm not gonna lie. I was actually gonna give. Him, I was gonna give him credit today, and that was one of the plays I saw. I was like, all right, well, hey. He's starting to come around. He had three assists in the game, four points in the last two games, all assists, not putting the puck in the net. But, hey, he's starting to turn around offensively. I was planning on giving him credit for it. Hey, well, you know what? But but let me ask you guys this. Um, Chris Tang, I've never been high on him as a player. I mean, I know he's got the rings to back it up. And, he, he like, yeah, he's an obvious one defenseman. He's been one of the better defensemen in the league. But speaking of goals that I, I feel like shouldn't have happened, I feel like Marshan's shorthanded goal shouldn't have, ha- uh, shouldn't have happened. No. It was a sick pass. It was nice. But if you notice, Chris Letang, Chris, uh, Chris Letang, lazy defensively right there. I mean, he just like kind of swats, waves his stick in front of Marshan. Easy enough for Marshan just to kind of like, you know, deke around him. And then he just kind of pulls off and away. 
He doesn't st- try to stand him up. He doesn't try to like throw him off the puck. He just kind of lets him walk in and do his thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you should go back and watch, but I think it was a really lazy play of Chris Letang. And if you're if you're playing good defense there, Marshan shouldn't have uh, gone to the goalie. It was yes. It was lazy defensively, but it was a hell of a shot. The the skate one way, shoot the other is is one of the more difficult shots to stop as a goalie. And that's one of that's Marshawn's bread and butter. Oh, it is. It's, it is. It's, it's, it's up by the ears, which I think it still is an easier shot to stop. I don't understand why that one's so hard to stop. I don't get it. Maybe the pads restrict you, and I'm just, I'm just ignorant that way. But uh, that bread and butter where he's skating uh, from, you know. Normally on his forehand side skating, so it'd be from uh, right to left, and he snaps it going across his body, and he goes back the other way, glove side. It's beautiful to watch. It's oh, beautiful goal. Beautiful I, look, goal. I look at that. I'm like, there's not many players who can who can get that much power and that accuracy. And that. There's not many players, even the elite scorers, don't do that. It's it's one of the things that he does that there's many players in that league who can't do. Oh yeah, no, it was gorgeous goal. I I just think that like he would never have gotten that shot off normally if like no. Chris Tang was actually playing defense. But that was a gorgeous goal. I loved it. Yeah, Chris Letang is like the original Tory Krug, and he's a little bit taller, but uh, he yeah. was always good on the power play for them, and that's why Jimmy looked confused when I said that. But, um, yeah, he definitely underplayed that. Uh, wasn't anticipating Marshawn coming off the ball, the boards right there, and, you know, he definitely just waved at it. But a beautiful, beautiful shot. I think I think a better compar- a comparison to Letang is probably P.K. Subban. Just because they're both number, they play number one minutes back in their primes, so that's why we said Krug. I was like, eh, that's not the person that. But yeah, I see you saying more offensively, power play kind of guy that's more known for their offense. I, okay, I, I can get with that. Yeah, because Subin with his offensive. Uh... Well, because I I also look at the flopping. Latang is a, I mean, a grade A. The stick comes up around around his shoulder. He's he's throwing his head back, which is what Subban does. He he, he sells calls. It's. He does so. So that's that yeah. thing. When I hear Chris Letang, the first person I think of a comparison is P- he was the original PK Subban. All right, I, I like that one better. <laughs> I, I actually do like that. That's a good comparison. That's kind of like what they were. Uh, what did you guys think of uh, Jake Gensel running into Rask there? Did you think that was worth a penalty, even though they didn't get one? Uh, I mean, I honestly, I I think it was, and I think they, I, I think they were, um, I think that was honestly a missed call. I really do. Because he came right right through the crease. I mean, intentional or not, I, th- I think it would be like he was like right. Th- I don't know. I think to me it was an obvious call, um, especially with some of the softer calls they called that game. I was really surprised that they, they did not call that. Like that phantom uh, hooking by Bergeron? Yeah, that, that absolute fan. And, and like, you know when Bergeron gets a penalty? Like, I will give him this. Like, the guy, like, he's, he's such a smart player. Um, but you know if he gets a penalty? Like, I always question the refs in that case. I'm like, dude, what the hell did you see? Like, what'd you want him to do there? Mm-hmm. Running, put his hands in the air and go, Wee! go for but it. Yeah, <laughs> Let's go, guys. Let's go. Skate, skate on through. <laughs> but no, that was a soft call. So I also think that that, that should be called on that um, against Gunsel. But Jimmy? So I'm probably, the wrong, I'm probably the wrong person to ask, though. I, I like a more physical game. So I get these. I get it was in the crease. I get it. But there's so many goalies now that flop there that the refs just don't necessarily throw the arm up and that's why I lean that way I guess there's just so many goalies and Rask is one of them who will just you know he feels any contact and he's gonna flail back into the net and or not flail but sometimes go down to one knee like he'll sell the call a little bit which is why I don't think I mean was it a missed call 
probably, but I don't I don't really blame the refs for not calling it. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I don't I think it I think it was a penalty, but I think the reason it didn't get called was because you could see I, he was coming to the net. You could see him pull up and try and jump away from Rask. And I I didn't think, and not that I thought Jimmy said it, I don't think you said he was flopping there or, you know, selling no, no. a call there. And I think Rask leaned out of it and he took his minimal amount as possible. I wasn't like all up in arms like they were on the broadcast. Uh, well, not like they, not like a usual Jack up in arms, but um, they were, they were wondering why it wasn't a penalty. And I, I don't know. That's just what I felt. I feel like you're going to, you're going to hit the goaltender from time to time. But if you make an obvious attempt to try and not hit him, then why give the guy a penalty for that? I mean, there was no injury. It didn't affect the play at all. I don't know. That just was my take on that. I, this is how I would I would much rather do it this way. If you're going to call anything on goalie hits, if you really lay a goalie out, like he's, like he's in the crease, and if he's behind the net, he's a, he's a skater at that point. You can, you can, you can nail the goal. It's an unspoken rule. I get you. They just don't do it. But if he's if he's going through the crease and you lay a goalie out like you know Sean Avery used to do and stuff like that, yeah, that's a penalty. That guy was a dick. I love Sean. He's such a dick, but he's so fun to watch play. My my um, favorite move by him, I forget what goaltender he was standing in front of, but yeah, he's just like waving oh, the flag. That, 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 it was, uh, it was uh, Marty Bro- Marty Broder. Was it Broder? <laughs> it was. That uh, piece of human garbage. Um, but. Where was going with this? Oh, basically, if you, if if you if you clean out a goalie in the crease, like actually like clean him out, yeah, that's a penalty. I I'd much rather them not call anything, even if you say say you you hit a goalie and the puck goes in, don't call the penalty there. Just wave the goal off. Say hey, there's goaltender interference. Put 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 the put the puck in the blue. Uh, uh, I would even instead of the power play, I'd rather them put it if you don't want to put it in the, like the outside of uh outside the zone in the neutral zone, put it outside. The offensive zone, so put it like across a center ice on that on their side, but don't don't get in the power play. Like it, I don't know, it, it it takes some of the physicality out of the game, and I I just I I'm a, I, I like watching the hits and stuff like that. I guess that's the old school in me. I guess I just I I like the speed, and by doing that, you kind of limit some of the speed because people are gonna go slow around the crease, and you kind of you, you miss things. So you if in that situation you would like the pen the puck to go to like if it was a. Uh... If it was um, offsides for the Bruins, like over on that end of the the neutral zone, or all the way down like an icing. No, no, not not down like icing. No, no. So you know, like when it's intentional uh, offsides and it goes. So you know when when it's offsides, you go to. So yeah, offsides for the Bruins. Yeah. So across center ice, the dot that would be for the offsides if you're going into the offensive zone. So like it goes, yes, three zones. I guess you could say. Go back to going back to the two line pass days, like the three go three out three lines or whatever it is. I, I never really thought of it like that. It's kind of interesting, but I mean, um, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm not really, I haven't really workshop this uh, this plan yet, so this is kind of just off the cuff here. Not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, as much as I love special teams and the scoring, I think you just kind of there's, there's a way that you can kind of look at it without getting the whole stoppage here. Um, stoppage like with the penalty call in the power play because then you have lines. It kind of speeds the game up a little bit, which goes back to last week of the, our first week of the season of us talking about pace of play. And I think that that it's a way to speed the game up a little bit. The next officiating thing I had here was when the ref blew the whistle and Malkin had uh, lost his skate blade. You know the puck wasn't really near him. He wasn't injured. When it happened to Tuga, they scored a goal. 
you know, that was obviously a couple of years back, but <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, I don't, and I, Jack was pretty pissed about it. Um, it seemed like on the broadcast, but uh, of course he was. Wh- what is the rule on that? Like, is it to, to the ref's discretion or is it supposed to be if like there's an imminent injury? It's, it's ref discretion. It's because it all, it all depends on, well, injury, even if, even if it's an injury, your team has to have possession. Player, you have to have possession if it's your player. I'm sorry about that. Who was that? Is that mine? No, is that mine? No, it's mine. Sorry. It's all right. Uh, no, no. So uh, you have to have actual possession of the puck. If you, Your player could be laid out in the neutral zone and not actually have – if you don't have possession, they're just skate around until – until you have possession. So again, it goes goes back to like ref discretion. Yeah, because I, I feel like Pittsburgh had the puck in their own defensive zone and they blew the whistle there, right? Is that am I remembering that correctly? I'm, I'm a little hazy on actually what what was the actual uh, circumstance of it. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I believe they were on the the um, the power play, and he he lost the skate blade in the offensive zone, but the Bruins had cleared it and he couldn't get up. I mean, it looked like he gave it a serious half-ass attempt. Um, I feel like, yeah, you're missing a skate blade, but you could have gotten up and, you know, one of your teammates could have helped you get over to the bench on one skate, you know? Or at least gotten you up and out of the zone enough for you to crawl over. But I, I don't know. I felt like it was it was an early whistle anyway. It was like they weren't really heading into the zone, not that they could have gone into the zone because he would have been offside. But I don't know. Justin, well, do you have you any know- thoughts on that? You you want Dave? So so and I and I remember um um let's say I believe it's on the radio uh to one of the comments uh yeah it was because I have I unfortunately didn't see this part I was in the car um but I heard it over the radio and I remember one of the broadcasters saying oh well technically like you know when it happened to Rass they shouldn't have stopped play um and I just looked it up here um so according to uh, scanning their um their fs.com. I guess the rule is play shall not be stopped nor the game delayed by reasons of adjustments to clothing, equipment, skates, or sticks. No delay shall be permitted for the repair or adjustment of goalkeeper's equipment. So, I mean, I, and I treat it just like a broken stick. When you break a stick, they don't stop the play. You have to run back to the bench and get a new one. Or if your skate blade comes off, you have to go back, uh, you know, get, get to the bench somehow. So my point being is they should have called him and asked what going to happen to him, and they didn't. Um, but it also should not uh, should have uh, should not have been called with Evgeny Malkin. No, it would so, have. It should have. It should have been a, a favor to the Bruins. You know, unfortunate for Pittsburgh. Part of the game, though. You know, you know what I mean. So, yeah. it's. I totally disagree with what. what I don't know why, what, why they did that there. Yeah, I was. The, sorry. The only uh, the only piece of equipment that is that blows the whistle dead is when the goalie's helmet comes off in the offensive zone for the or when you're in the defensive zone, your goalie's helmet comes off. That's my time. Right. Yeah, any anytime the goaltender's helmet comes off, I think if they're t- pulling the the puck out and the the helmet comes off, they have to blow the whistle too, even if the puck's not in the zone, because it's the biggest safety issue for a goaltender. So, exactly. Um, let's see. In the second period, I saw Zaboral jumping up in the play a little bit. You know, again, maybe not the best game for him, but there was a point where it, you know he at this point he jumped up in the in the play in the offensive zone, tries to get the puck over to Krejci. Pittsburgh gets it and races up ice. I thought Zaboral did a great job of getting back. He just wasn't strong enough on his stick because Rust was able to get a shot off. And, um, you know, some serious hustle by him at that point. 
I thought Rust was the best player for Pittsburgh in this game. He was everywhere. Uh, Tuka was solid against him. Stopped him a few times up tight. Yeah, no, I mean, but well, Brian Rust, to your point, Dave, he's been, um, I he, he's been so hot this so far this year, this season. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's been the team in in scoring, or whatever. I, I honestly don't know that. Um, but he's definitely he's one of the best players so far this season. Brian Rust is so he's been awesome, and I loved him in that game. Zabal, he definitely redeemed himself, I think, as the game went on. But I just remember seeing the first few minutes, and he had like three or four giveaways, like literally turning it over at their own uh, defensive blue line. So uh, he did that quite a few times uh, in the beginning part of uh, that game versus Pittsburgh. Um, I think I even tweeted about it too, saying like, hey, Zabal, who's been so solid, has had quite a few giveaways this game. He did redeem himself with, with that play you alluded to in some other games, but he was definitely um, not his strongest game on uh, versus Pittsburgh. No, definitely wasn't. And uh, Sidney Crosby, of course, leads the Penguins in all categories. Seven seven points, three goals, four assists. He's the leader in all three of those categories. Jimmy, what did you did you have an opinion on Zaboro on that play or uh, about Rust I'd, in general? So, Rust in general, yes, I've loved Rust for I want to say three or four years now. I think he's been in the league for about four years since those uh, when the Penguins went those back to back cup runs, and he I believe was a third line center for them. And I remember watching this again. He was young. And he was scrappy. He could. He was a good playmaker. He could put the puck in the net. So I'm not surprised that he's finally taking the, the leap to be a legitimate actual forward in this league because I think he was kind of forgotten. He had a bad year last year. I know that that they were uh, they they were not happy with him in Pittsburgh. And I remember looking at his numbers. I'm like, the kid looked better than his numbers show. Not so much play wise last year. I didn't watch a lot of Penguins hockey last year, but he just watching him play. I'm like, there's some. This kid has something special to him and to finally actually see him put it together it's very very impressive and i'm actually happy to see it because he's fun to watch for zaboro i'm I, I didn't watch much of uh this game in general uh i saw i saw the highlights so i saw the malcolm play you were talking about earlier so uh that's that's about it i didn't get to watch much of this game okay fair enough it happens you know it won't happen again i promise no it's fine <laughs> it's fine you're grounded like you're grounded like tyler cool <laughs> Sorry, Tyler. We Still love you. Tyler. We love you. We miss you. Rest in peace. You... No. <laughs> All right. Th- that's not getting edited out because you know, it's just. I mean, hey, you just take a nap right after class. Take a nap. Good dreams. Uh, Boston was just in and out of the penalty box on this in this game. Oh, um, they couldn't stay out of the box. What are they oh. doing? They were. Uh, uh, the good news though is they were six for six on the penalty kill. But yeah, they just everybody too. It seemed like you had the Bergeron. We talked about the phantom call there, where you know he's sitting in the box and he's watching the replay and he puts his palms up like, seriously, guys, what the hell did I do wrong now? Seriously, no, that was that was what the, what the hell were they doing? But you know, again, they kill it off, and then Pittsburgh ends up taking a uh, a penalty. They end up taking two penalties within about a minute of each other. So Boston goes on a five on three for a minute twenty four. Uh, Marshawn. You know, with a good effort, gets the tripping call. You know, draws the tripping call, excuse me. And that started off a little rough. I believe Krejci gave the puck away right at the blue line. They were able to, the Bruins were able to recover. And then uh, Marshawn gets the puck over at the circle in the offensive zone, and he just finds Nick Ritchie just sitting there for the quick little backdoor tip. Pittsburgh was never able to get it deep enough to get the change. Um, this is at the point where I realized that Jake DeBrusque wasn't even in the game because he was injured. 
And now this is what halfway, a little over halfway through the second period. That's how little I've seen from Jake DeBrus this year. Um, but that's when you started seeing some line changes get mixed up a little bit too. I did like seeing uh, Smith bumped up to that first line. That was kind of added a little extra energy there. So, just Justin, you were listening to the game. Did you notice that DeBrusque was out before that point? or? Well, to, to, to be honest with you, Dave, I actually um... – Again, didn't have any idea until uh, they announced it that he was uh, that he was just not coming back. Right. Uh, I, I did notice that like I, w- I would sometimes see Bergeron Martian out there and I, not to brush, but um, I, I I honestly at there at first I thought um, Cassie was benching him uh, because he he was just sucking. But uh, then I heard that he was um, that he actually left the game um, due to a lower body injury. So I was like, oh, okay. So because like you know you could kind of see he was playing through something. I think. But outside of that, that's the most I've heard of him, heard from him, of him, whatever so far this season. Yeah, he had only played like three and a half minutes in the game and didn't play a single shift in the second period. And the hit that they showed on TV didn't look overly taxing. Didn't look like it was a monster hit. Uh, but I don't know. So who knows? A couple weeks watching the watching from the ninth floor should do him well, right? Hopefully he comes back firing all on all cylinders, full of nothing but piss and vinegar. One line I, I I did say I did enjoy seeing Smith up on that first line, but uh, one line I definitely don't think when Pasternak comes back is that third line of Frederick Coyle and Smith. That I mean, they're just fun to watch. I mean, if you're Cassie, you gotta lead that line together. They're clicking. They're looking good. Um, they have they're 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 bigger. They're physical. Um, they've been honestly, I think your best line so far this season. They've been absolutely your best line. So I mean, when Pasternak comes back, I mean, you at the very very least cannot take Frederick out Frederick out out of the lineup. No. Um, so I'm really hoping he keeps that trio together because I'm really enjoying that line. So I think if you're Cassie, how, how, why would you ever separate them when Pasternak comes back? So, which again begs the question: All right, you know who's gonna go? Especially if Kasha comes back in a few weeks. Although I hope he doesn't come back ever. I'm done with him. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen enough of him to be done with them to tell you the truth. Which makes me almost done with them too. Uh, Jimmy, that third line. Yeah. So again, I'm, I'm gonna really. Yeah, you know, I'll hit on them now. I guess I was gonna say I'll hit on hit on them in a little bit when we go over uh, the studs and duds. But they have again, again, they they look a lot like the the 2011 third line for us. They, their chemistry is it's there, and it, it's funny because they really haven't played together. Up there was not there was no preseason. There was no training. New Jersey training was preseason. Camp. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, facts. I said that? New Jersey was preseason. Well, yeah. It, I mean, hey, it helps. I guess if, it, if that's the preseason, it, let's start doing it that way. You know, first couple games, make it a preseason because it works for your third line. Because I don't know, it's it, uh, they look good. They look they as Justin said, best line on the team right now, hands down. They don't have the best talent on that team on on that line. Coyle is a good, not great player. Smith is a streaky score, and it's it, it just and Frederick adds that grit and sandpaper to it. I just I I have no faith in Cassidy to not 
take Frederick out of this lineup. I just I don't have the faith. I think he's gonna, you know, when when Kosh is back, he's gonna put Kosh on that line, and take Frederick out. I just know he is because he doesn't understand how to run a hockey team. You're always good for a good one there. An hour and 37 minutes. Um, Christ, dude. Yeah, oh, uh, one of the oh. other line combinations I saw uh, throughout the rest of the game was Coyle and uh, Frederick moved up with Krejci, which still I don't think really did anything for Krejci. Definitely didn't make it move, if you know what I'm saying. I I did see something, and since you guys really weren't watching the game, I it, it was right around the 12 minute park mark, excuse me. Uh, and I think that Marshawn maybe got away with the uh, slew foot, and uh, he kind of comes up on. I'm not sure, I forget who it was. He came comes up kind of from behind, and it almost looks like his right leg knocks out the left leg of the other guy as he as he hits him. Maybe it was just bad timing and positioning, but that's something you haven't really seen from Mahjong in a little while. Uh, that was just a, a quick obvious, ob- observation I had seen. Um, then, what, what oh, me, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with him, it would me one bit. I, I know he's been on his best behavior the last what season and a half, two seasons. Uh, so who knows. He could he could use a little bit of that nasty again, <laughs> but just don't just don't do stupid shit and get suspended. That's all. That's all. And stop licking guys' faces. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> um, right around that time, Kevin Miller had a real good rush up the ice, and then he his shot beat Tristan Yari, or Jari. Is it Yari or Jari? I think it's, it's Jari. Jari. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I I feel like I've heard it both ways. Uh, but, I, I, I heard it both. It is both ways. But I'm going off of what Nesson said because Jack's always right. You heard, it, <laughs> you heard it here first. Jack is always right. He hits the he hits the post on the corner. I mean, it was one hell of a shot. You know, just more penalties. Both teams. Neither neither team was uh played a very clean game. Nine penalties and all. On one penalty kill for the Bruins, I noted. I did notice though that they ended up spending most of the first minute in the offensive zone before oh, it was the one that uh, Zucker uh, scored on, Jason Zucker, because in the second minute they really, Pittsburgh was able to keep it in their zone and at 9.47 of the period, Jason Zucker was able to get the, the puck past Rask and Rask had made the initial save but it appeared that he was grabbing for his right hip area and he really couldn't get up and he kind of like winced and after the play skated over to the corner. It stayed in the game, though. That I mean, Jimmy. I know you love to crap on Rask, but you blame him much on that one, or? <laughs> no, I I I'd never say he taps out of uh, out of meaningless regular season games. He's always there for those. Trust me. No, um, he never his way out of them. Yeah, no, he. Yeah, I mean, and, and, unless it's the final two games and you need to win to go to the playoffs, then he'll come up with some sort of flu against like Tampa when we need or to food win. Or poison, games, yeah, you know. Yeah, you know whatever, whatever it is. I mean, he'll 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 come up with those. But you know, a meaningless game against Pittsburgh early in the year, he's not missing that. I did think it was when I first saw him go down and grab that outside of his hip. I thought it was a hip flexor. I'm like, oh, well, there he goes. Now we got Halak and Darth Vader. We've seen how that works. Um, so I'm glad it was absolutely nothing. Or, yeah, although I don't I don't think any game is meaningless this year concerned you're just playing the same people, so your head to head record's gonna mean something at the end of the year. 
You need, to, you need to squeeze as many points out of all of these games as humanly possible. And congrat and uh, good job on Pittsburgh for doing that, tying this mm-hmm. game up late and go, bringing it into overtime to get the one point for themselves. Rask would make a nice breakaway save on Kapanen. He made a few kind of breakaway saves. Kapanen got a long pass and split the D. Um, our fourth line, I thought, uh, had a really good opportunity late in the game, really uh, really tight tic-tac-toe play down on the corner right into right in front of the net. But moments after that, um, a Mashon turnover would lead to Kasperi Kapanen's game-tying goal at 16:44. You know, I, I don't think there was much that uh, Rask could have done about that. It just kind of snuck under his pad as he was trying to kick it away. In overtime, Malkin hits the post. It was way too friendly on a 3-on-0, which they said was technically a 2-on-0, but it definitely started as a 3-on-0. And Rask was uh, just in a good position for a poke check there. You know, and oh, it, yeah. it was Mashon got knocked off the puck, which led to that. Fortunately, though, the hero of the season, who's going to be the hero of the season, Charlie McAvoy. Sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> Charlie McAvoy made a steal in front of the Pittsburgh, ben- Pittsburgh bench. Sends the puck up to Smith, racing in there with into the zone with Krejci on a 2-on-0. Little pass back and forth, but they showed Pittsburgh how it's done. Wins the game in overtime. Bruins go 3-0 in the last week. I mean, it's a pretty good week if you're asking me, especially when you hear that Pasternak started skating on Monday and could be available for Saturday and is likely to travel with the team. So, I mean, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. We know who we're seeing from them. And any uh, any big takeaways out of this game, Jimmy? I kind of hit on all of them already. Yeah. From my take, it was McAvoy starting to get hot. He had four points in the last two games, uh, including three assists. And the Bruins power play or special teams in general this this game, it, it, well, in general this whole season, but I guess the penalty kill, especially this game, really showed up and showed out. So again, we we kind of touched on that stuff already, and it just kind of this game kind of reassured it for me. Justin, final thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, like. Uh, Good for the Bruins. I always love Bruins uh, Penguins games. Um, if anything, like I, I've kind of was honestly surprised. I not not gonna lie, a little bit surprised the Penguins um, did win that game. Um, I and Dave, thank you for reminding me of the overtime. Malkin had two clean breakaways. Just was boring on both. Uh, Latang softly um, defended Marshan with that. You know, with his breakaway chance. So I was just, I'm like, uh, if anything, I think it was more of a, wh- what's Pittsburgh doing right now? Where are their heads at? Because they did play well for some of those games, uh, for, for good portions of that game. But they also had portions where, like, they just seemed out in left field, to be perfectly honest with you. So I think that was more of a kind of like, what the hell is going on with the Penguins? The Bruins, again, nice win, but it, to me it was unsatisfactory. Um, again, no five on five goals, and I'm really starting to question, you know, do they have enough up front? But I, it, it is still fun watching that third line. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more about that third line. Uh, maybe one of the things that's going wrong with Pittsburgh right now, and I don't know if because he cited personal reasons, but uh, the GM, Jim Rutherford, Rutherford uh, just stepped down today. Um, I don't really know what that's all about, but I mean, if. I wonder if there's any correlation. Who knows? I mean, just no, Pittsburgh just looked like a team without much confidence, especially in that overtime yeah, period. For sure. Yeah, What's that, Jimmy? That was shocking today when I read the news that he stepped down. Yeah, I mean, what he went two, three cups with them. They went. They went. 
they went back to back a couple years ago. And it, was he there for the cup in '09? Uh, I'm not. A, I'm not 100% sure. So he, I think he had three, three cups and four, four appearances. I believe he's been there a while. So definitely could be something there. Who knows? Mm. Little, I mean, I, little in in house fighting or something. I, Probably. I I hope I hope it's that. I hope it's not a bigger issue either family wise or PR wise. I don't. Again, there's not enough here to speculate really what it could be. I just hope that it's not anything that's really gonna damage someone's reputation or a family uh family emergency. Yeah, most important is I hope it's nothing to do with the family. Uh, right. Nothing serious, I should say. All right, and uh, moving on from there, Jimmy, you want to make a bet? I just like winning. It's time to bet your ass. Catch me outside. Here on the Boston Bee Party. That, that take is terrible. Um, the first game I am going to pick is in the Montreal-Vancouver game, and that's, for again, for tomorrow. A little slow to move. It was checked by Kotkaniemi in the corner. Now the puck comes right in front, and a backhander by Tyler Toffoli is stopped. Toffoli, another side, he scores! His fourth goal in two games, and Tyler Toffoli opens the scoring a minute 54 in. Uh, I'm going to take the Montreal Canadiens to win that game just outright. The Edmonton Oilers versus the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto. Plays that down in the corner, BC leaves it there for Kerfoot. Knocked out by Larson. Now Kerfoot centers it. Nylander drops it back. Beats with a chance. Scores! What a feed. Nylander beats him with the back of the net. And Toronto's taking the lead. I really like the Oilers to win here. Nope. Vegas Golden Knights going to the desert of Arizona. As ugly as you're going to see. And now Kolasar, a little drop. Stevenson to the front. Kolasar, what a stop, Darcy Kemper. That is a big stop at a big moment right there. I'm taking Arizona. Hey, Oh, I'm always down to get, I'm always down to do a bet here, Dave. All right. So I tweeted out earlier today the uh, first the first one I have for or the actually only one I have today is the in the Ottawa Vancouver game. I have the under six and a half goals. That game is right now in the uh, f- about 15 minutes, 14 minutes to go here. I'm kind of following it here. It's four to one Vancouver, so not anything a sure bet right now. It's still up in the air. It's closer than I, than I hoped it was going to be at this point. Not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ottawa just doesn't have much there. So taking the unders in their games right now has been pretty profitable. So especially they're in Vancouver going across from, you know, East Coast to West Coast a lot like I did last week when I picked, uh, was it Montreal going to Vancouver? I took uh, Montreal, but Montreal's a much better team than Ottawa is. So I like the under here. Again, six and a half goals. I tweeted that one out earlier. Um, And then I have three picks for tomorrow in two different games. Uh, the first one is actually uh, close to home. We're going to go Pittsburgh-Boston. And as good as the game was on, what was it, Tuesday for yes, us? last night. Yes, Tuesday. You're right. The days have been blurring together with work here. I'm not going to lie. Um, I am going to take the under five and a half goals there for the Pittsburgh-Boston game. I think that you are going to see both teams, especially with the head-to-head like Dave mentioned earlier, every game's a premium. There's going to be a lot more 
games, when you win the first one, the second one's going to be a lot lower scoring. I know Philly wasn't quite that. It was the complete opposite. So I, I'm a, but it should have been. Well, so technically, I think, technically there was a lot less. There was like three less goals scored in the second Philly game. It was five to four for nine goals yeah, there and then six was, to one. Um, so yeah, you're right. Okay. So I guess the, the lopsidedness. So yeah. So I think looking at it, I think when you, when a team loses the first game of a head to head, I think you're looking at a more rough, roughed up, tightly low scoring defensive grind. So that's why I love the under five and a half in the Pittsburgh Boston game tomorrow. And uh, the last game, we're going to go into the great state of Minneapolis or Minnesota to uh, St. Paul, I believe is where the wild play and the they're hosting the uh la kings and i like the la kings to win that game outright tomorrow they're at plus 140 right now on DraftKings, and you know what i like some goals in this game too i'm gonna take the over five and a half is what i saw that i like the i like the value there i don't like it at five so if it's at five i wouldn't play it. but if it's at five and a half like i saw today i like the five and a half there i just think that minnesota's gonna be able to s- score but i think that when it comes down to it, LA can really put the puck in the net. I think they've showed it quite a bit this year. They're able to put the puck in the net. And so I, I, I think this is a high scoring game. I think LA wins could be an overtime. So make sure if you, if you're gambling on a, on a book, make sure that it does allow you to go to overtime. Cause that sucks when you win a game, you think you won, but when it goes to overtime, you lose. So make, make sure, make sure you did that. I know you asked me a question, Dave, I believe you asked me about how I feel about uh, Nick Ritchie winning the rocket Richard. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what are the odds on that? So I could not find actual odds on him. I actually Googled even today, up to date, Rocket Richard odds. I don't really, I, I, I'm not going to run down the, the top five because it has nothing to do with Nick Ritchie here. But Nick Ritchie, he's not on the top 25. So I'm going to just give him the odds for the 25th guy, which is plus 3,000. So that's $100 to win 3,000. If you want to make that bet, Dave, I'll just take you hundred bucks and I'll I'll burn it in front if you want. I mean, there's no, there's no the only one that I did see was like I think it was plus six fifty was Ovechkin. I think it was the fourth or fifth uh, odds down. And Ovechkin always is a second half player. He gets he uses the first half of the season to really get in shape and get his things going, and then he hits the ball running second half of the season and he explodes for a goal and a half to two goals a game. It feels like for the last month and a half of the season, he kind of reminds me of not body type, but the way he plays a lot like uh, Shaquille O'Neal did. And he kind of takes the first half of the season to get in shape and then kind of hits it hard at the end. So Wait, I, I think Shaq I was I, ever in shape. <laughs> yeah, I mean, supposedly that's what I, I guess. I guess round is a shape technically. <laughs> you see that guy in grown ups, grown uh, grown ups too, and he's in the pool. He looks like a friggin' beach whale. <laughs> he, he, he was retired back then, but yeah, freaking yes. walrus, man. <laughs> um, yeah, but he had but just yeah. retired. That's true. It doesn't help. Well, his last season with the Celtics, though, he didn't really play much. He was really yeah, on the bench, hurt the whole time. But uh, so yeah, I guess if you want a <laughs> update on the Rocket Richard, I'm going to go Ovechkin plus six fifty. But that's so yeah. Um, I, I kind of threw that one out last night via text because uh, I really Swing hadn't up. gotten Justin all riled up <laughs> all week, and uh, you know, then then I think I, I I believe I texted something to the extent of uh, Tuca look nice tonight or look good tonight, and I got the obligatory. He's just doing his job, which he is. He's with, with, doing which was great. Um, but I I mean Tyler I think was like yeah maybe for <laughs> one of those two. <laughs> it was great. Uh, again, Tyler, we miss you, bud. Come back soon. 
Mr. Tyler. So I think on the season, I'm what four and one picks wise. Is it I four and one? one? I was going to ask you. I think you're four and one on the season. Yeah, I, I went. I went uh, two and one last week. And two and zero to start. Edmonton didn't show up, and that's why. That's why I don't bet Edmonton. The effing curse is a real thing. Uh, so again, I got I got four picks this week. I got Ottawa, Vancouver under six and a half. The game's underway right now. It's three to one, uh, four to one Ottawa, or excuse me, four to one Vancouver. Uh, Pittsburgh, Boston tomorrow under five and a half, and then also tomorrow L.A., Minnesota, L.A. to win money line, so that's uh, plus one forty, and then the over five and a half goals. All right, thanks, Jimmy. We, you can follow Jimmy on Twitter at. Jimmy Shea 19. Don't forget to follow us at Boston B Party 1. And it's time for Studs and Duds. One, two, three. Let's play three studs. Catastrophic misplay back of the Boston goal, and Anders Lee tucks it in. One, two, three. Woohoo! All right, Justin, I'm going to have you start us off on studs and duds this week. Um, all right, so my, let's see. So my three studs of the week, uh, the first has been Marshan. Um, I think he's been awesome. Definitely has had like a few questionable plays, but outside of that, he's um, playing like he's actually 100%, like he says he is. Marshan definitely, uh, with, with 28 um, short-headed career goals, awesome. Good for him. Uh, it's just play, definitely playing to his ability. Second one is um, I wish I could do – I didn't want to do like all three of them, but the third line. I mean, again, we haven't talked about them enough, I feel like, tonight, and we've talked about them a lot. Absolutely terrific. Love that line. Keep them together. Keep them out there. They're hot. Been your best line so far, so keep them there. Love the third line. And um, as far as the third star, I have to say I give it to Bergeron. Been awesome as well. He and Marshan. Uh, I know he's, again, getting most of these points on the, on the um, power play, but still, he's been himself. Doing the penalty kill, he's being a captain. He's got three goals on the season now. Uh, he's just he's just being Bergeron esque. So those three have got to be my stars. Uh, it was very close for Tukarask on that third one, but I think Bergeron deserved it. For sure. Wow, you're really trying to give your best friend since kindergarten the double bird, aren't you? Oh, big time! Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, um, my three studs. I think you guys only know two of them, which is Bjork. Wait, yeah, you want stud? I thought you just did studs. Are we doing duds now? Duds, duds, right. duds. Yeah, sorry, duds. My bad, guys. Jesus. Brought to you by Milk Duds. <laughs> I should really like that. <laughs> no, definitely Bjork and DeBrusque are definitely the two big duds for the season. Honestly, if we're being honest with you here. Still haven't seen anything out of Bjork, nothing out of DeBrusque. Those two have been pretty much useless and just fill-in players this entire season. So I, those are my first and second duds. And I think last but not least, uh, my la- very last dud has been uh, Connor Clifton, actually, for sure. He's been um, a big one for me defensively. He, I remember when he first came in the league, uh, like a year or so ago, guys. I'm helping out with that one year or two. Uh, he two, came into two. Uh, 
he for he exploded onto the scene. I loved him at first. Cliffy hockey, let's go. Uh terrific player. Now all of a sudden, I mean, maybe it's, he's playing his offside, maybe it's because he's, you know, playing a bigger role, but in the couple games he's been in, haven't liked him at all. Definitely he's not used to play yet. So those are my three duds of the week that I had to point out. Yeah, um this is Connor Clifton's third year. Uh, and I believe last year I read something at the beginning of the season. I don't remember where, but he essentially graded out to be your worst defenseman last year. So, I mean, it's too bad. I I do like his game. He's got the the little kick, but yeah, I can see that. I I said he was rusty in the first game. He looked marginally better in the second game he played. Jimmy, studs and duds. So the world might be ending because me and Justin have a lot of the same things here. I don't like this one bit. <laughs> he's, so, he's finally seen the light, Dave. It's so my, my, my Tuka, first Tuka, Tuka. Oh, oh, sorry, I, sorry. I'm not that crazy. Okay? <laughs> my, my first start of the week is Yara Halak because he did what Tuka couldn't do and that's only hold uh, Philly to one goal. And he looked, really, he looked very good doing it. He didn't give any soft goals. Uh, my second start of the week is Bergeron because he actually – you know, scored, I think he scored three goals or two, two goals, but every every single highlight I saw tonight when I was going through them, because when I, when I watch the games, I watch the games and kind of take notes on how things are going, but then to get the studs and duds, I literally watch the condensed game. It gives you the highlights, and it feels like every goal that was scored in these three games had something to do with either Bergeron setting it up, Bergeron scoring the goal, or Bergeron drawing a penalty of some way. So uh, Bergeron has to get one. And I do have to give a shout out to this guy. I have no idea who this guy is, but his name is uh, Jared Hanley. And he was retweeted by Ty Anderson of 98.5 The Sports Up for tweeting out, calling the third line, the ocean line, or sorry, the oceans line. So the oceans line, the, based off the uh, oceans nice. movies, because it's uh, 11, 12, 13. So I think that sticks. So the oceans line is my third stud because there's three of them. So why not? I mean, they've just been phenomenal to watch. So, as uh, me and Justin have a lot here in common, which is making me really nervous. <laughs> um, so for my for my three duds here, I think that we could just uni- unanimously at the beginning say our three duds, one and two are DeBrusque and Bjork. I think we could just say that on, on a loop and just repeat it over and over again because I think they've just been either non-existent or awful. I, I, don't, I don't know yeah. which word that they're non-existent or they've been bad when they've been, in, been existent. And I... This third one, it took me forever to find. It was it was a tie coming into the show with Tugaras and McAvoy. And what really sold me on it was Justin. He told me that McAvoy had a bad game against Pittsburgh, and I actually had that as his only good game. So if Justin says it's a bad game, then he had, <laughs> had, he had a pretty bad game. So it has to be McAvoy because, I mean, him his inability to hit um, – in the first game that allowed Van Reems like to tie the game and then doing almost having one point in a blowout game where, as I said, everybody scores when they start scoring, everybody scores except for, I guess, McAvoy. And I had him as a positive, just based on him having three assists against uh, Pittsburgh, including the overtime game winning a goal. But then when, you know, the, the president of the uh, rah, rah McAvoy club here goes, no, it was a bad game. Well, if that's a bad game, then pencil him down there for number three. So thank you, Justin, for selling me on McAvoy as the, as the dud here. I shouldn't say anything, Dave. 
Hey, no, it, it's cool. But the funny thing about that is I was pretty sure that Jimmy in that little spiel said coming into the game it was down to Tuker and McAvoy. But if you go back about an hour in the podcast somewhere, he said he was coming into this saying, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to go after McAvoy. And then he went after McAvoy. So I, I don't know. I'll have to listen to see if I'm right on that one. But I'm pretty sure that's how I. I wasn't planning. So he was. I literally wrote him down when you were going over uh, the first game is when I actually wrote him down because I wasn't planning on writing him, writing him down. I was planning on listening to like what you guys were talking about and putting down someone I didn't think about at all for that uh, that third dud. And as soon as he said that McAvoy had a bad game against Pittsburgh, I'm like, maybe I just missed it. Okay, he had a bad game against Pittsburgh. Although, Dave, when you go back and uh, check this, though, I'm also pretty sure – I, I, I didn't say it was him. I said it was Zaborl had a pretty bad game. No, no, and, no, no. You said, you and, and McAvoy, it, like I said, I agree McAvoy does have some defensive issues, yes. But I think I said Zaborl was the one who had a bad game. So double check that out for me, Dave. Double uh, check that. I, I'm pretty sure you said Zaborl had a bad game. I think that I was the one who might have said that McAvoy was, had a little bit of a rough game. Uh, okay, thank you. Uh, you know, <laughs> potato, By tomato, way, whatever. By the way, thank you. <laughs> Vancouver, Vancouver just scored again, so it's now five one. So no more goals, please. Ooh, yeah, Jimmy's sweating it now. Jimmy's got the <laughs> Jimmy's got the meat sweats now. All right, my turn for studs and duds. All right, my first stud is Boston special teams. I talked about it earlier. Um, five for ten uh, on the power play, fifty percent, and then eleven for thirteen on the penalty key kill 85%. Yes, I know this is almost what we expect out of these guys at this point, but we didn't really see that. I mean, maybe the penalty killed us that first week of the season. Uh, and yes, you only scored on the power play the first week of the season, but I, I think they looked smoother and like they're connecting better uh, this week. My second star was Trent Frederick. Guy just shows that he, he belongs up here. He moved up from the fourth line to the third line, jumping over Anders Bjork. And then Kevin Miller. Guy looks like he really hasn't left. He looks better than when he left, it really. Uh, definitely, if you've been watching any of the social media crap, the guy's jacked. You saw the picture of him in the locker room at the beginning of the season. Guy's huge. I think his friggin' forearm is bigger than my head. <laughs> uh, moving on to duds, I'm gonna go. In, I'm gonna go a little contrarian here. I have DeBrusque and Anders Bjork as two and three on the duds. Um, just. DeBrusque, one, ass, one assist, nine shots in six games, five and, a, five and a quarter, really. And then Anders Bjork already dropped down to the fourth line. Uh, I think he's getting some penalty kill time, and he hasn't looked terrible on that. But I, this is year three or four for this guy, and I, I just wanted to see more out of him. But my biggest disappointment over the last week was the entire Philadelphia Flyers, especially that second game. You guys didn't show up. You, you fought hard in the first game, and just because you lost in – Overtime, Bruins come back from what two goals down. You, you gave up, you know. It's well, I don't know if gave up, but you you weren't there to play. Uh, and I was really looking forward to a, a good season series with you guys. And now I I, I thought it was going to be a great season series after the first game. Uh, I'm not so sure now if that's how you're going to show up on back to back games. But that's it for studs and duds on me. Uh, all right, so moving on to the upcoming week. Boston is going to play Pittsburgh again tomorrow night, and then on Saturday and Monday they will be in Washington. By the next Big time, 
by the next time we record, uh, somebody on the Bruins should have a giant Z tattooed in the form of a puck on them. Uh, <laughs> I would love to see him tee off on somebody on this team. What about you guys? No, Ooh, wait, Jimmy, wait, wait, you're wait, looking like, uh, like just, just reach up to the ceiling, reach up to the rafters, and let one go. See if I'm... McAvoy dives in front of it or something. That if he dives, oh. in, if he dives in front of it, then you know what? Good for you, McAvoy. And if he chicken shits there's out, no... I'm on the Jimmy train. Yeah, there's no shot that he's gonna dive in front of that. There's no shot. He'll be a, he'll he'll stand to the bench and give them a power play. <laughs> he's... That's his daddy over there. He ain't getting in front of that thing. <laughs> it could be me in a Halloween costume dressed up as Big Z, and he wouldn't. Get, he'd go. He'd run. He'd run to the locker room. No, I, I couldn't disagree with you more, Jimmy. I, I think I think if anything, McAvoy's gonna be really happy with the challenge. I mean, he's his former captain, former defensive partner. Um, you know, what I mean, I, I think that the two of them are gonna have uh, gonna be really fun to watch. I think McAvoy's gonna want to have a big game here. Um, not to mention, he always plays. He always plays actually like really hard against Washington, and it's fun to watch him actually go off against Ovechkin. Um, but he's, I, I think with facing his former captain, I think he's going to be super motivated and he's going to be really want to like show, show his defense upon Hey, Hey, big Z, like I'm trying to carry the torch on for you and everything else like that. I think it's gonna be great. Couldn't disagree more. Yeah. I think the first game, um, some of those defensive guys are just going to be overly intimidated by Chara being on the opposite side. Uh, they've already been talking. I mean, the whole team's been talking about how weird it's going to be. The guy was here for 14 years for crying out loud, you know, Washington right now is sits at four zero and three in the standings. Yeah, they have one. They yeah, they have eleven points to Boston's nine. Boston, Philly, and Pitt are all tied at nine points right now. And then what? The Rangers are last in our division. No way. Just kidding. Uh, we knew that was gonna happen. <laughs> uh, it's it's always good to see Washington come to town. I think uh, I. Pulled up their website because I want wanted to see who their goalie was because I forget was it Samsonov? I think it's Samsonov. I think. Yeah. And then I I don't know who their backup goalie is or their number one is right now. Uh, oh, <laughs> Craig Craig Anderson. He's fucking awesome. <laughs> Best goaltender out there. What's what's that? Best goaltender. I didn't know he's in the league. Yeah, neither did I. And then, uh, well, they probably had to sign him off the scrap heap after, uh, oh, my God, Link- Lundqvist went down. Oh, Lundqvist, yeah. So, and then they have Vi- Vitek or Vitek Vanacek, a uh, 25-year-old goaltender is also on their roster. He played last night and got the win, giving up two goals on 34 shots. So, he's uh, won all three of his games this season. Oh, well, hey, let's hope now Tuka doesn't wet his pants at the sight of Hopi. Because he's not there anymore, so hopefully you'll have a good game, and the offense can actually score. Yeah. Hold up, so you can say Tuka does not actually—he plays actually Washington very well. The team that he wets his pants against is the Canadians, so he's lucky they're not in the division this but, year. But only in Canada, uh, he, only in Montreal. Got, you're right, you're right. But the, the, he actually Montreal, played. He's wet himself against Washington for years no, now. I think I think the rest of the team, the offense doesn't show up. Like we I scored think all like, of them. Bro, yeah, that too, but we, we can't figure out Hopi, but he also sucked against the Capitals. Uh, just, just to correct myself before we go any further, Vanacek's uh, record is 5-0-3 this season. I mean, 3-0-2, excuse me. Oh, my God. 3-0-2, three wins, two overtime losses. 
So uh, it looks like uh, they just scored a sixth goal on Jimmy, or was that the seventh goal? <laughs> no, they, they pulled the, They're down five to one, and they pulled the goalie. Why are they pulling the goalie? Practice. Because why? You got to practice the comeback. How much time's left in the game? Two minutes. Time enough to win. They're down five. Time enough to win. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So before we even sign off, Jimmy, it'll be four and two on the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We haven't scored yet, so but I don't know what the hell we're doing. Uh, so Justin, realistically, what do you what do you think um, best case scenario out of these next three games? Uh we see who. So who is it? It's uh, it's Pittsburgh, Washington, and Washington, twice. And, well, yeah, Washington twice. Best case scenario, you come out of this two and one. Uh, worst case scenario, I see you go one uh one for two. Oh, yo, one and two. I, I definitely see the Bruins coming, winning at least at least versus Pittsburgh, and or potentially maybe Washington once. But best they'll beat Pittsburgh and beat Washington. They're definitely not beating Washington twice. I can tell you that right now. Um, and I don't think they have a high chance of winning either contest. So we'll see. But this is going to be kind of cool again to see uh, no Holpe there for sure. So see how the offense can maybe produce. Uh, I don't know. But we'll see against that. And, again, the Chara um, aspect is going to be really weird. I mean, I, I saw one game with him there. I was like, oh, this is this is, this is feels wrong. This is uh, – I don't like it. But we'll see. So, but, I, again, worst case, I see them at least winning one. And that's versus Pittsburgh. Um, but, you know, best case scenario, they win Pittsburgh and one against Washington. We'll see. Jimmy, what are your uh, expectations in these next three games? So – as much as I like to say it was all hopey, which why we couldn't score and why we couldn't beat Washington until we actually beat Washington more than once in the past five years, it's hard for me to say we're going to beat Washington more than once in two games. So, at best, I see us going two and one. At worst, I I actually have Pittsburgh winning probably tomorrow. So I see us potentially going zero and three. So, yeah, it's. I mean, now for both of you is on your losses, any overtime losses in there or? Uh, so, yeah, I, I would say one of the Washington losses would be an overtime loss, but it's so hard to predict an overtime loss. I mean, it's so hard to predict a loss or win to begin with. Yeah, I, I, fair enough. I understand that. Um, yeah, I'm thinking, I don't know, I'm thinking maybe like a 1-1-1 one, one one week, another one of those. Yeah, I can see that. I think, That's probably what be, to be honest with you. I think your best shot is probably beating up on Pittsburgh tomorrow night and then probably. probably Saturday night is the flat out loss and Monday you redeem yourself by getting a point. I that's I don't know, that's my guess. I wish I wish I was Biff Tannen from Back to the Future and I could go back and make myself <laughs> rich, but I'm not and it's never gonna happen. So uh, That's no more no more rule. You don't gamble on sports. But then the, they're not as much fun to watch. Well no, you don't gamble on sports, you know the outcome too. Like going back to the future, yeah, you don't do that. It's the number one rule. Come on. Why not? How else are you supposed to make any money? By listening to me. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's Ding. not as long as it's not your football picks. And speaking of those, just wanted to it? get your thoughts on the Super Bowl, Jimmy. We're gonna see Tom Brady going up against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl on February seventh, I believe. Correct? Oh, yes. Feb seventh. Right. Yep. So, uh, just was kind of curious if. You know, I don't know if the, any lines are up or anything, or if you want to add that into your little bet segment next week. Uh, but I'd, I'd uh, love to hear some yeah. early thoughts on you about the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, so I'm not gonna be able to get the lines up. I know, I know the line right now is three and a half. 
uh, KC minus three and a half. I can tell you right now, I have a lot of money in KC just because I picked them to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. I just kept doubling down on them all year. So I I think KC is going to win by at least they're, they're going to be up by 21 at some point in this game. And I think Brady will score a last minute touchdown in the, in the fourth quarter to keep it close to 14 or 17, whatever he's going to get it to. But I don't think it's going to be a very close game. I, th- I think Kansas City is a wagon. There's no one really even close to them. This whole season, people have been telling me I was wrong about picking KC because KC, they don't look as good as they, as they are. They're they're not scoring as many points as they should. And this, I'm like, they're just, watching them play, they, they look like they want to only play when they have a game that actually matters. So, like, uh, when when they played, like, uh, I think it was Baltimore early on, they blew Baltimore out. When they played Buffalo early on in the season, they blew Buffalo out. So when they played real teams that matter, they blew them out. And other than that, they've kind of been just taking uh, taking their time. Taking and their foot then, off the gas. Exactly. Just trying to stay healthy. And in the, the playoffs, it's shown. They pretty much have blown out every team. I mean, it's been close when Mahomes got hurt. I was sweating that one out a little bit when Mahomes got hurt and Chad Henney came in. I was... Never happy about that one, but other than that, it's been uh, it's pretty much been easy street there. Yeah, so you don't think Tom Brady wins his seventh and gives the double bird to Belichick? No, I don't think he does. I've been I've been rooting against Tom Brady since day one since he left because I will root for him once he retires because I and that's a ball game. All right, we won. Sorry about that, Jimmy. I but, thought you uh, said you didn't bet your own picks. <laughs> oh no, I, I, yeah, no. No, I'm joking. Yeah, no, um, no, but it's, it's a one. Um, so there we go. So five and one in the season now. Just saying. Um, but uh, so no, I, I don't think Brady. I, I, their defense is not very, very good defense. Their secondary is young. It needs a lot of work. The defensive line's a lot of names. I don't think it's very good. And I think Brady looks old. And it took, it took him losing. It took him beating two perennial choke artists to get even uh, two perennial choke artists and a backup quarterback who made a second career start in the playoffs for him to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, talk about the easy the the march of the tomato cans that like they like to say at ninety eight five the sports up uh, over here in Bo- or over there in Boston for you guys. Um, it's just it's I think that he's even lucky to be there. I think that he the refs bailed him out against uh, Green Bay, and his def and Drew Brees pretty much threw three picks that set up twenty one points for them in that game. So I'm I'm surprised he's even here. I could be completely wrong. He could show up. Trust me, rooting against Tom Brady is not fun. I've been doing it all season, and I've been wrong most times. But I'm going to continue to do it, and I'm taking Kansas City. Justin, well, any hey, thoughts? No, I, I, honestly, I'll just chime in. I, I I knew I thought your hockey takes were, like, absolutely bogus, Jimmy. But who knew your football takes would be just as, like, awful? Insane. My goodness gracious. Like, first, of all, first of all, that's why I asked. Green, Bay, Green Bay was rolling, rolling. Absolutely. And they just beat the L.A. Rams, which has the number one defense in the league. Pretty handily. So, I mean, like, yes, he's a choke artist, but that was still no, no, just like toss up there. Um, if Brady, you know, and, and if, if Brady made a few more mistakes or whatever, uh, or just didn't show up to that game, um, I, Green Bay could, could have won, um, especially if Aaron Rodgers took the lead. But anyway, my point being is Kansas City is an absolute wagon. Tampa Bay has an awesome defensive line. I think if Tampa Bay has any prayers chance, Brady's going to play out of his mind as he's been playing, and they got to blitz the hell out of Patrick Mahomes um, because their secondary can be picked apart, and you can bet your bottom dollar that um, – no, 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 Tampa Bay's, Jimmy. Tampa Bay's secondary can be picked apart. And yeah. and with and with the weapons that um, Mahomes has and the fact that Mahomes is so talented, he will absolutely win this game. 
but I'm not ruling out Brady. I mean, at this point, he's given the middle finger to not to not only Bill Belichick, but Father Time as well. Uh, that man is still playing at an elite level. Never count him down and out. And I do think Kansas City's defense has gotten better, for sure. Um, but it's Brady. He reads defenses like the back of his hand. And I do not rule him out, like, having a huge second half as well. I think it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be one of the best Super Bowls we will have seen, I think, probably since the Falcons and Seahawks with the New England Patriots. Um, and I look forward to be a high-scoring game, but a close high-scoring game. So I think it's going to be a wicked fun time, guys. We're in for a treat. Whether whether or not I either win my bet or I lose my bet and I'm upset, I want to say it right now because it hasn't happened yet. I take my hat off, tip it to Tom Brady because it's remarkable. I think he did the Patriots dirty by the way he did things here at the end by quitting on his team on the field and bringing his guy who quit off the field with him down there to Tampa Bay. I think that he did did them all dirty. But um, it's a remarkable accomplishment to go to. A, this is his 10th Super Bowl, I believe. 10th Super and Bowl, that, you're right. How, how many more years did you want Brady to play up in New England at, like, I don't oh, know, I want, a 55% discount? Oh, I wanted him traded, like, four years ago. That's not the point, though. My, my, my point with Brady leaving is that if you want to leave, leave. Uh, ask for a trade. Ask out. Don't do this whole thing where I'm on the field, I'm the good guy, but you don't want to throw to all your receivers and you complain about them behind their backs. And then Gronk, on the other hand, I'm going to retire, goes on all the TV shows crying about how he has concussions, stuff like that. And then guess what? He comes back to play with his play with his boy it's it, he did the dirty and he uh, and it's insane that uh he, he gets so much support up i i just don't get how he is so highly supported up uh, you, you know you go, you go to a bar in boston and it's just like a, a bucks bar i i i'm i'm glad i wasn't up there for that because i think i would have thrown up all over the bar every sunday uh partially because i'm like a drink and other part of me because well, i'm fans uh but it's uh i want to say now before because i don't know if i'll be able to say after this game that I tip my hat to him, especially if he wins. So, you know, hats off to him. Congratulations. 10 Super Bowls is no small accomplishment, but I will be rooting against you, and it's going to be the worst feeling because um, rooting against Tom Brady in a big game is the worst. And I remember laughing at people. I'm like, well, you're an idiot. How the hell can you root against this guy? But that's me. I'm not an idiot this the, year. This Super Bowl is definitely set up for, like, the changing of the guard, the old versus the new kind of thing, like they said about the AFC Championship game a few years back. Um, and as long as uh, D Ford is no longer on Kansas City, they, Kansas City should be all set. Although they do still have Andy Reid as their head coach, and well, the guys kind of choke artist himself. I, I think Mahomes won him that Super Bowl last year. It had nothing to do with Andy Reid. Bruce Aarons is not much better though. That's the thing. He's, he's a <laughs> right? He's like a thinner version of fucking Andy Reid. <laughs> well, 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 like honestly though, I I actually like Andy Reid as a head coach. I think he's. I think he's an outstanding offensive coach. I mean, he he got what he got. Um, how far with Alex Smith? And Alex Smith is kind of like your Joe Average quarterback. So Alex Smith was like a number one pick, wasn't he? He was, yeah. but he, in he San Fran, like anything not, and, and they, he was still able to like produce with him. So yeah, Alex refused to throw the ball downfield. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. He, he would he was he was he was king checkdown. So that's but fair. With that being said, it, it it's. It's going to be um, a great game, and I do honestly, I do agree with you, Jimmy. I don't blame him for going someplace else, but, like, the way he handled it, I mean, the whole Garoppolo thing, like, Bill wanted Garoppolo. He was like, hey, I want to transition here. He had a plan. He was all set up. Robert Kraft went against him, sided with Brady, 
so he's stuck with Brady, but then Brady turns around like a year or two later. Oh, hey, um, Deuces, guys. And it's kind of like, hey, we just traded the next guy for you. Like, now you're just leaving us with no plan, um, it, like, like no solution whatsoever. So you kind of left us out to dry. And Gronk's was just a big baby move. And honestly, he's been kind of a whiff down there anyway. So Yeah, it, the one thing I'll say to defend Gronk is um, he probably just forgot he had a concussion. <laughs> well, hey, hey, doesn't uh, CBD, the, the, don't those cure concussions, right? That's what they about now? No, they just make That's you easy. smile like this. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, he, said, he, said he had what uh that uh what's a, what's a, what's the disease they have now um that's not ptsd the uh concussion one cte cte yeah, thank you yes he said that the cbd oil cured cte did yeah. you say that yeah, oh my that's, god that's just like just like tom yeah. brady's concussion yeah. water yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, was that Alice, was that Alice Guerrero's concussion oh, water? I forget. I was off. They had like an anti-COVID like meal plan or some something related to that. Is it really? Is it really? I, I thought something about that came out like where like he was trying like um. I don't know. It, it just came out. It, it just came out that, that Brady's parents both had it, and they were both Ooh. in a pretty bad way. So I don't know if he was really cooking up a. Well, well this is more like, like when it first started. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. All right. Uh, any closing thoughts, gentlemen? Football Honestly, switching from a hockey podcast to a football dialogue. Yeah, is right. Kinda... <laughs> well, the only thing I'll, uh, I'll I'll just shout out Dave because I'm a very 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 bitter anti Don Sweeney guy. Is um, how about your two um, ac- uh, acquisitions that you should have been uh, ha- should have been made? You should have gotten them on a dime. Josh Anderson, three goals, one assist. Tyler Toffoli. Five goals, three assists. Canadians are rolling right now, and they look awesome. And those two are a big part of it. Hey, um, what are we doing, Don Sweeney? Yeah, just get the uh, bottom six dude for cheap money. So that's my one last closing take. Like, WTF, Don Sweeney. WTF. And that's why, Justin, I put the uh, – for my Canadians bet last week, I played a little clip in there. That's why I put the Tyler Toffoli goal uh, from that night in there for you. A little extra special. <laughs> Appreciate that, Jimmy. It's reminding me of what we could have had. Hey, listen, if Pasta comes back this weekend, we're going to have to pony up on those 20 goals. I, I know of at least eight based off the stats you just said, uh, plus throw in one for Tory Krug. But we'll have to go back and look at the other names and see if we hit the, what was it, the uh, over-under was set at 20, Jimmy? Uh, I, I, I'll go back and look, listen the, to the tape. I'm those sure five or six guys. um and how many goals they would score before Pastanak came back. But in our defense on that high number, we really didn't think he was going to come back for another maybe two weeks from now, not possibly right. this weekend. But who knows? You might have come close. Probably That's not. it for the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. Thank you to Justin Ventola and Jimmy Shea. And a big shout-out to uh, Tyler Scales. I hope you learned how to tie your shoes today. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dave. Dude.